Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was prophesized that on August 15th, parents would revolt when they saw what schools were doing to their children. Prophesized by a man named Steve Bannon, who has returned as the prophecy has been fulfilled. <laughs> Steve, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me, Tim. Pretty good call. Yeah, you were right. It wasn't that hard. I know. I, I it agree. was not. You and I talked. It was not that hard. You know, when when they had the CRT issue and then the mask issues, you knew when kids were going to come back to school, the mothers of America were going to go, "Whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Vaccines, mask." Social separation, what's happening. So, but I yep. tell you, it's actually bigger than I thought it was going to be. Really? Really? Yeah. Cause I think this firestorm is, I think it's very big. And I think the way they try to gun deck the, um, the FDA report yesterday and not have full disclosure on really what was going on. Well, let's get into that stuff. We have a couple other stories too. Obviously, we'll talk about Afghanistan. Okay. We've got, uh, something going on there. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll Google it. Maybe on. we'll get a snippet from <laughs> CNN and see what's happening. Uh, but we also have Oregon implementing outdoor mask mandates. So we're, we're of course, right. We're, we're headed back in this direction. We got New York, uh, you know, New York's vaccine mandate has no medical exemptions. That means on September 3rd, every company must fire the disabled em- uh, employees who can't get the vaccine. Oof. That's how draconian this is getting. Obviously, we also have Australia. Wow. Is it getting bad down there? They, they're arresting people. They're putting signs on doors. So we got to talk about a lot about that authoritarianism and everything like that. Uh, so I don't know. Do you want to – we'll do the traditional introduction. I think most people probably familiar with who you are if you want to introduce yourself real quick. Just I'm Steve Bannon. Welcome. I'm a, um, you know, long-time viewer, first-time caller. Um, no, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the show, huge fan of you guys and your audience, and so I'm very honored to be back. Oh, man. Thanks for calling. And one, of the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Good folks. Yeah, Appalachia, man. Mountains and trees. The weather is so nice. It's, so, it's, one of the, it's God's country. Right on. Hey, glad you're here, Steve. Thanks. Good thanks. to see you again, buddy. Okay, I got uh, I got a bone to pick with you Let's later. Do this, no, no, no. You've been in my head for Let's the roll. <laughs> no, 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 no. This Are you trained in jujitsu? No, no. Before no. the show, okay. Before the show, it was amazing. What, what did you? Uh, okay, I, I don't want to. I don't. No, I don't, let's hold it for later. We'll hold it for later. So uh, I'll just say <laughs> we're going to have the after show at timcast.com for <laughs> members. Stay tuned because mm-hmm. this one's going to be really, really yeah, fun. Graphene there's a is lot, involved. There's a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't. don't there was graphene. Ian yeah. triggered Steve, but it's going to be a fun conversation. Well, go to timcast.com, be a member, and you'll see that coming up. But uh, Ian, oh hey, thanks for having me, Tim. <laughs> yeah, all out of good to be here. Of, again. Hey, good, also, good, a big fan of the show. Yeah, good. I love tuning. I love tuning in and watching. Even when I'm not on, I like to watch. So it's great to be here. Yeah, there's the deep state, and then there's Ian. Ian does watch the show. The Schumann (laughs) resonance is vibrating, Mm -hmm. and I think our thoughts are. uh, For for a while, I was like, your thoughts are creating and changing reality. Now I'm realizing this: your thoughts are like low frequency, wide range things that slowly affect great distances. Mm -hmm. But the camera's increasing the frequency and, and shortening the range. So it's giving people this like short range so version of your wait, thoughts. Wait, wait, you're saying that we can say things <clears throat> they will manifest? It's it's going to be more likely that it's going to manifest more with this heightening, this intensification technology. This, Gavin Newsom gets recalled. Yes. <laughs> this was this was this was Dan Rather. Kenneth, what is the frequency? Remember? Oh. I was just listening to that song, that REM song last night. 
What's the frequency kind of synchronicity? There you go. I've actually been just doing a Vulcan mime out on your Let's meditate. You weren't really listening to that song last night. Yeah. What's the frequency, Kenneth? What's the frequency, Kenneth? That's the famous Dan Rather. Might have been the night before last. I flipped it on. Someone left a comment and they were like, Kenneth's frequency. And then I. You're weirding me out right now. We got to say this for the members segment. There's a lot to talk about the members segment, obviously, stuff that YouTube doesn't allow us to talk about. So, But we got Lydia Shpressman. Yeah, Ian was saying how our thoughts manifest into reality. And I said, Larry Elder will be governor of California because I truly believe, I hope, Really hope that's the case. You say Larry Elder is governor of California. That's right. And the yep. people are like, yeah, that yeah. doesn't make sense. But like, Th- think about that mindset. you talk about the I guess, think about January. We started the shifted from um, impeachment to pandemic mm-hmm. mid January 2020. We called the pandemic because we knew China. The four I would argue the four most powerful politicians in the country at that time: Donald Trump, Mike Pence, a, a Cuomo, and Gavin Newsom. Because remember, uh, Biden was about to finish fourth or fifth in Iowa mm-hmm. and fifth in New Hampshire. He was a nothing burger, right? Think about it. In one year, President Trump, I can't say he won, but President Trump is at Bedminster, right? Getting ready for his uh, for his second term, powering through. Pence is a 0.0 anywhere, not, wow. not event. Cuomo's gone. Mm-hmm. And Gavin Newsom is about to be gone within 30 days. This tells people this is a fourth turning. Anything can happen. Woo. Decades, but... It, there are decades in which nothing happens, and then there are months with decades happening. Mm-hmm. That's why I just yes. right. strap in. You have no idea. Think about it. Those four politicians at the top of their game, right, and all four in different uh, arenas right now. Obviously, President Trump's still the most powerful political force in this country, but the other three gone, and Cuomo and Newsom, which are looked at as the future of the Democratic Party as far as power players, both gone within 30 days. It's a lot of optimism and, mm-hmm. and hope, you know, telling people these are, these are, these are, you're right. You know, big, anything, big victories. If for your, you and your life, if for politics, anything can happen. Don't let yes. anybody tell you, hey, this is going to happen. You have no earthly idea. This thing is moving so dynamic every day. Well, let's, let's, let's start talking about the, uh, the, the mandates and stuff like that and the authoritarianism that's been creeping up. Before we do, go to TimCast.com, become a member because we got a bunch of awesome journalists doing a lot of hard work. And we're going to have a members-only segment, which comes up around 11. I would say normally 11 p.m., but I have a feeling this one will go long <laughs> because it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Yes. There's a lot of stuff YouTube doesn't allow people, you know, us to talk about, so... We'll probably get to talk about a lot of stuff, crazy stuff, you know, Ian, Graphian, whatever. And uh, it'll be it'll be really interesting. And uh, that'll be at TimCast.com. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends if you think it's worth sharing. Um, even if you don't like us and you want people to see it, that, that helps too, I guess, if you for some reason want to help us. But let's, uh, let's jump to this first story out of Oregon. Because it kind of – so obviously the big thing that I want to talk uh, to you, Steve, about is your, your prediction on schools. But I think this uh, – the authoritarianism we're seeing is a good lead-in to what is happening because – well, let me, let me first read this story. We have it from The Hill. Oregon implementing mask mandates outdoors regardless of vaccination status. So the issue, the issue here obviously is that we got New York mandates. We've got LA's and uh, announced them, but we don't know exactly when. New Orleans is implementing them soon. Uh, what, what do we got? We got – there's four cities. It's San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco is going into effect, I think, soon. I think New York is the one that happened now. This is medical apartheid. Absolutely. This is apartheid. This is not, this is, let's talk New York City for a second. De Blasio is in MSNBC today and says, we had it on the show this morning, says, oh, we got to just, we got to have carrots and sticks and it's time to stop the carrot. We had enough carrots, it's all sticks. Okay? And the big stick he wants is on children. He says 5 to 11. He says the FDA thing now, we got to take, we have to have mandates, mandates, mandates. We have the school. 
the FDA think doesn't even deal. The children's studies aren't even coming in to twenty nineteen or to, to twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four, right? It has nothing to do with children five to eleven. Twenty only twenty nine percent of African Americans in New York City are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I think only forty percent of 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 uh, healthcare workers before they start putting these mandates in. Why? People are logical and rational. They just want to see the receipts. These are not anti vaxxers They're not right. the Bobby Kennedy crowd, and I'm not denigrating that crowd, but they got their own deal. This is vaccine hesitant, and you're seeing this is about informed consent and treating people like adults. I agree. I think there's two big things that the despots don't play, uh, don't factor in. We have, uh, I we we have personal friends who are pregnant, you know, and and so they go to the doctor, and their doctor says, "Well, I wouldn't recommend any kind of you know particular medication in this degree. That's my that's my recommendation." Say at the doctor. Now the CDC says pregnant women can't get it, but what do you do when your doctor says no? So there's a lot of they're saying, oh, why aren't enough people getting their second dose? Why maybe they're going to their doctors, getting informed consent, and making a choice that's personal to them. Yeah, happened to me. So yeah, so when you when you mandate these things with no medical exemptions, that's why I agree with you on medical apartheid. And for those that aren't familiar, apartheid is the Afrikaans word for segregation. But hardcore segregation. Right. I mean, no, no, no middle ground. This is why African Americans in New York City right now can't go to, to according to the rules of De Blasio can't go in and have a, a nice dinner in a restaurant right? Well, because I, you have to have the passport and remember the passport i think naomi will been quite correct on this the passport leads to many many other things well it's also vaxxer id you you don't just it's more than the passport you need a government issued yes. identification yes so this is really interesting because um on twitter i tweeted vaxxer id is racist two two points one most of these Democrat types did not know that the mandate requires photo identification as well as your is your proof of vaccination. So they thought I was talking about the passport. I was. I'm literally talking about the ID and making a point that if you have just the ID issue where the left frequently says minority communities are less inclined or able to get IDs, well, then if voter ID is racist under the same exact principles, vaxxer ID is racist as well, regardless of vaccination status. They didn't get that. When I finally started tweeting back at people saying, here's the law, you need an ID, they said, oh, well, it's not targeting them, so it's fine. All of that Ibram Kendi critical race theory stuff goes out the window. No mm. one cares anymore when it's their tribe Im- implementing the authoritarianism. I tell you, I think this is – look, I think the FDA letter yesterday, they thought it was going to have a massive impact. It, it's not the story they thought it was going to be, and it's going to lead to, I think, the implementation – of certain mandates, they hope the corporations come in here. We're going to have a real problem. There's going to be a lot. If you think that the convergence to the the, the mothers on August 15th with going back to school, you wait till they start to try to implement some of these mandates. I think you're going to have a, a lot of problems. A lot of problems with people, uh, civil disobedience, and people just questioning this. And I think the lawsuits are going to really start to start to fly. So you're saying beyond mask mandates, you're saying schools implementing vaccine mandates for children? This is where they're going. That's a, remember, let's go back in time. Fauci let the cat out of the bag when he, he said back a couple of months ago, we picked it up in an um, interview in the Associated Press, they start talking about herd immunity. And remember, they've taken out what real herd immunity is, which is you have the disease, you have the uh, you get antibody, natural antibodies from having the, the virus. Okay, that used to be 70%. Remember, we're all going to go to herd immunity 70%. They, they don't even mention herd immunity today. What you have to have, it's Fauci says, oh, no, we got to get everybody vaccinated. And they shifted the goalposts even there from 70% to 90%. And I said, look, the math works there. If that's the case, tonight, you have to have every school, the school children have to be vaccinated. Savannah Guthrie, I think, asked him a couple of days later, and he kind of he coughed it up. 
right? They've now shifted the goalposts that it's got to be only vaccines, not herd immunity, mm-hmm. right? That's the medical no medical exemption. And the thing, if you have right. antibodies, the way I think I read the New York law, you're not exempt. You still got to get vaccinated, although you have antibodies. Andrea Mitchell, Mitchell asked Fauci the other day on TV. He, she goes, hey, couldn't we have a system? And she says, I don't know if the, technico- the technicalities or the expense, but couldn't we have a thing to test your antibodies after this is about the second jab and he went nuts no 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 you can't do that absolutely can't do that they do not want to go in and test for antibodies about these vaccines remember conspiracy theory on like the tim pool show you'd have been bounced off of youtube 90 days ago if we had said oh really you're going to have to have more jabs remember that's conspiracy theory now dave, dave fa- rubin got suspended on twitter when, that's my point does that, that for that exact and thing. this was like a month ago mm-hmm. the difference in time from a conspiracy theory now to fact is about 30 days 60 yes. days right lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You would have you, been banned. Dave Rubin was. And we your show, if we had talked about that, you would have been banned. Okay. And now it's fact. Now they're talking about multiple jabs, right? Oh, yeah. Jabs. So the, this a is yearly about, booster, or whatever, or maybe saying. even short term. You look at Israel. Yeah. Look, here's the thing: is that it's about informed consent, and that's why it, it, people are, have logic and rationality. And it's like the African American community in New York. Why only twenty nine percent? They haven't been. The argument has not been made to them. The evidence and facts have not been out there that they agree with it. And this gets to be, I think, a, a, a lot of. This thing in, in in Oregon, if you've had the vaccine, the whole question about masks is totally up in the air at best. You know, I would argue particularly open air, right? Where is the evidence? Where is the peer, peer review journalist that says you have to do that, right? And and th- but you've got this authoritarian. You know, the public health system is now going through this kind of authoritarian mode where people are doing it, and that's where you're going to have you're going to have a lot of parents. And I think you're going to see a lot of parents just opt out of the system. I think you're going to see a yeah. big surge in homeschooling. They said, hey, look. I've had enough of this. I've always supported public schools. You know, I, I'm a big supporter of this, but I can't do this anymore. I'd rather take my kids and figure out another way. The mass things is is particularly weird, right? So the first thing I say is, like, I'm a very – I don't know what the right word is for it. I, I, I don't care if people want to do things with their own lives. If, if you want to wear a mask, I'm that's absolutely fantastic. In fact, if, I, if, if you know you're sick and you put a mask on, I think that's fantastic. You're not spitting on people, right? We see it all over the world when people have a cold or a flu. They put people a mask in Asia, on. if you've been going to Asia for years, people in Asia, particularly in Korea yeah. and in China, would wear a mask all the time. One, the air isn't like in Shanghai and Beijing is not great. Right. But people would mask all the time. It's not, it was not a big deal. If you they were sick. Right? But so, not even sick. A lot of people just wear it because the, the, oxygen was so, the air was so bad. Yeah. They'd be, it, oh, wow. was, it was nothing out of the ordinary to see people totally masked up, a lot of them. And, and that's your, purely your right. So, so there's this story out of Australia where they actually run this – they have a warrant for this guy. And part of the complaint they show in the news is that he was sneezing and coughing in an elevator without covering his mouth. And I'm like, we all agree, dick move. But to issue an, a warrant for someone's arrest over this, I think what it shows with Oregon and the, and the mandates of these things is that we are inching ever towards a paranoid nanny state where people are so terrified of reality – that it's a, it's, it's a crime to sneeze in public without mm. covering your face. Let's go back to reality. This is where I think it really gets dangerous. 
because we try to be evidence-based, data-based, science-based on the show. Every time we try to bring up experts and, and walk through the data, my fear here is scientism. Now you have irrationality coming into it, and you can't actually argue or you can't present facts that you have. And let's, let's talk about Australia. Everybody's been there. No Australians. No, it's a, it's a country that it's an outdoors country. They love freedom, right? Uh, it's not just because of the, the you know the way they were founded with the prison populations of of, uh, of the UK, um, but the the logic they have is like zero COVID transmission or zero. You know th- these lockdowns are the most serious I've seen. You've seen the SWAT yeah. teams going around. You've seen door the warrants door. issued. Yeah. You see the national TV the, and they're doxing people they're, on national TV. They're building camps. More than one. To try to, because they're doing something that's not rational. You can't get to zero. Uh, it's, it's the law of uh, diminishing returns, right? What you have to do to get there. And it's not even a goal that you need to have because the disease is not that, is not that, is not that deadly. And the transmissibility, even this, the other thing, the other thing about the FDA letter, let me be blunt. And this is Dr. Malone, one of the top vaccinologists, the, the creator of the messenger RNA. Right. He goes through. He's he's not anti-vaxxer. He's dedicated his life to vaccines. He said the first thing is he reads it and he he says the letter is they only deal with the data on the Alpha and Bravo. It's not the Delta variant is not dealt with at all in the analysis of of, remember, it's not the Pfizer. It's the other one. Well, by the way, he says it has not been it's not on the market yet. It's to come. You can't go to Delta variant. No, no. First off, the the FDA approval letter doesn't deal with the Delta variant. They say in there of the data. They did it off the Alpha and, and, and Bravo and other right. variants. So there's no Delta variant. The the other part of it is that is that this was it the Biotech or whatever the other BioNTech. name. Is. Yeah, I, he says he doesn't know if that's in full manufacturing yet. It's not like you can call the doctor and go get that today. That's going to be released, but it hasn't been released so far. The, the Delta variant one, or I'm, I'm confused. Well, no, the, the, so they came out. Pfizer didn't actually get a lot. They're still under emergency use. Authorization. Wait, Pfizer still is? Yeah, Pfizer. I think there were two letters. It's widely reported that the FDA has already approved it. No, it's the if you read if you read the details, it's BioEnerget is the one that got well, the so FDA appro- full, F- uh, full FDA approval. Pfizer slash BioNTech is one vaccine. Well, no, I think there's I think it's two. It's the Pfizer company, but that that BioNTech is not the one that's fully been is fully been out. According this is according to Doctor Malone, who walked through the letter in detail today. And I mean, and and his point is is that. He's not sure that they really cover. His point is that, look, you have a process in these FDA uh, approvals. You always have – they have an independent advisory panel, and you're supposed to have public comments. They totally went beyond that. They actually say in the letter, uh, because we didn't really have any problems, right, we're not going to go – we're not going to have the outside advisory board review this, and we're not going to have a public comment section. That's insane. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I agree because I don't okay. know who this guy is, but I have – Well, have Dr. Malone is like one of the – he's the founder of the – the, the mRNA, the guy with the white beard you see all the time, mm-hmm. right? I can't argue against yeah. him; he's not here. Yeah. But I did pull up from the FDA.gov. FDA approves first COVID nineteen vaccine. They say today the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the first COVID nineteen vaccine. The vaccine has been known as the Pfizer BioNTech COVID nineteen vaccine and will now be marketed as and this is weird. Yeah. Comirnaty, yes, for the prevention of COVID nineteen disease in individuals sixteen years of age or older. The vaccine also continues. By the way, to be this available. this is also about De Blasio. It's 16 years and older. It has nothing to do with people under 16. They say in the letter itself. It is EUA for anyone under 16. Exactly. Right. And you've got, and by the way, they do have studies in there that you're going to have. And the studies, I think, are deliverable. The peer review studies are in 2023 and 2024. So my whole point is that this is, 
a, a moving target right now, right? And right. But you're going to have – and they're looking for the corporations to do it and the corporations to have these actually ironclad uh, mandates in there, these ironclad mandates that to keep your job, to come to work, to be in an office, to be all that, yeah. to go to a restaurant, you're going to have to have – you're going to have to have uh, to be vaccinated. And I think that's going to cause a big disruption. First of all, we know the anti-vaxxer crowd is not going to do it. Right? right. I believe that there's enough of what I call the vaccine hesitant, right, or the vaccine hesitant adjacent that need to be that need to really be convinced. It's the problem with vaccine hesitancy is a phrase. And I love that you're, you're kind of pointing out how ridiculous because I'm I'm I love vaccines. Functional vaccines are phenomenal. But a new unapproved vaccine any human, I believe, in their right mind should be hesitant about an unproved vaccine. That doesn't make me vaccine hesitant. Just well, because I'm hesitating about a new medicine that hasn't been tested yet doesn't make me hesitant towards vaccines. I like vaccines I, when they work. I understand what you're saying, but I think the main issue is uh, – I brought this up many times. I go to the doctor. I say, hey, doctor, you know, my back hurts. And he says, here is flibilabol or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, great. And I have no idea what it is. You know, for me, I Google search it. I do some research. I don't just blindly. And there have been instances. Your body's not a temple. Uh, you mean like in terms of a doctor giving me prescribed medication and me being like? I'm just I trust saying, it's a general concept. I mean, I try to take care of myself to the best of my abilities. But, but if a but, doctor order, if the doctor gives you something, you're just going to go to the pharmacy and get it done and, and take it. Typically, I, I'll Google it. I'll look up side effects. I'll look up things to consider. And my point was, I've actually gone to the doctor and said, hey, doc, according to online, it says there's a side effect for this. And he was like, we can switch it out for something else. And I said, cool. And then I looked it up again. I said, I prefer this. This makes more sense. Thank you, doctor. I think it's it's really just about um, are, are you going to a doctor you don't trust? And I, I understand a lot of people say there's a lot of bad doctors. I'm like, okay, then work to finding a good one because you can't just, I don't know, man, go online and find a blog to tell you what you should or shouldn't be doing. You got. There's got to be someone who knows your medical history, and this is the problem I have with the celebrity push and the mandates. There's a there's one story now where it's like I think in New York a judge ordered as bail terms you have to get vaccine, and I'm like, yes. this guy could have a, a, a any number of of risk factors or or underlying conditions or disabilities, and it's not for the judge to mandate something that that he doesn't he's not he's not a medical practitioner. So they, they YouTube comes at us. And, 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 uh, other YouTubers and says, if you say the wrong thing about the vaccine, then, oh, we're going to ban you, but feel free to give medical advice if it's the advice we like. And I'm like, no, I don't want any of that because I don't want to get sued. Okay. I don't want to be responsible for someone else's health decisions. But to, to your point, Ian, I agree if people are like, hey, here's a new medication on the market. I'd like to look into this a little bit, maybe be a little hesitant. My ultimate thing is like, get a couple of opinions from doctors. Yeah. And then do your own research as well. But see, this, to your point, that's why I think people are, and I think the vaccine hesitant are digging their heels in more. And one of the reasons is like we talked on your show last time about we knew this date was coming when people would go back when the, go back to school. And a lot of parents have had the vaccine just don't think there's enough research done on children. And yet you had de Blasio on MSNBC this morning saying, hey, we carrots and sticks. We've got to do 5 to 11. And yet you read the letter. And you see it's still emergency for use children, or, right. or for children. So, so, still, so that's what you meant when you said it was still under EUAs for, for the kids. That it yes, is, yes, yes. And, it, we, and it, we do have that from the FDA's yeah. uh, website. So, but, but, but you see Fauci yesterday, and I don't think it was a slip of the tongue because I think I definitely heard on NPR, but I thought I also saw it in, on, on MSNBC where he said, hey, now that we're getting it, this, we get up to 90% or whatever, we can have our hands around this, our arms around this uh, plague uh, by the fall of 2022. And, of course, the politicians blew up, the Democrats blew up, and he walked it back on Anderson Cooper last night. My point. 
there's been so much information put out there that has just been inaccurate to the point about the other jabs, which which got uh, Dave Rubin taken down off of Twitter, would have gotten us canceled off of, of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, that turns out to be the, the correct thing 60 days later. There's so much in a complicated topic. So much is, is, is being important, uh, given to the American people that turns out to be just not accurate, right? So let, and, let, they're, and they're naturally inclined to say, hey, prove it to me. Let, let me pull up this story we have from uh, TimCast.com. Oh. Two years to slow the spread. Fauci hopes to have COVID under control by spring of 2022. In an interview with CNN's Anderson Cooper, Fauci came out and said he misspoke when he said fall, and he really meant spring. And you know what? If it was a mistake, okay, that's fine. Sorry, I I, I, I get it, Fauci. Yeah, you made a mistake. Here's the problem. Do you buy that? I, I, it doesn't matter if I do. Okay. It doesn't matter. First of all, I, I trust and, and distrust of CNN and oh. Fauci. Here's the real issue. Fauci could be the nicest guy in the world. Fauci could be, you know, he comes over for dinner and he brings a casserole with him. And you're like, oh, you didn't have to do that, Fauci. Thanks so much. But he's been wrong too much. It's not about whether I like him or think of him as a bad person or prescribe malintent. It's that he has flip-flopped on so much. And so here's the big problem. There's no anchor. I mean, literally like an anchor in the ground for people to understand their reality. Yes. So when the news comes out on Thursday and says by fall of 2022, and then the news comes out on Friday by spring of 2022, and then you go and talk to mom, dad, brother, sister, relative, and they're saying, we all got to do this, otherwise we're going to be locked down until fall of 2022. And you say, no, CNN said it was spring of 2022. What are you talking about? And then you're both showing each other articles from within 10 hours of each other, contradicting each other, because Fauci doesn't know what he's talking about. I see this a lot on Facebook. Someone will post a story, and it'll say some fact or guidance. And I'm like, that story's from a day ago. It's already been contradicted. But they don't want to hear it because they're like, look, I read the news. This is a new story. It's from 12 hours ago saying this thing is true. And then I'm like, yes, but he came out again and said this. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. So now you have people clashing into each other, arguing over what is or isn't and getting banned for it. The funny thing about Dave Rubin getting suspended on Twitter for saying that booster shots were coming was that he was actually he, when he when he got finally released from Twitter jail, he's like, here are the articles I was reading. And they said, are booster shots on the way? Booster shots may be coming soon. And now where are we at? The FDA says, and I, w- I want to make sure I pull this up because YouTube is a is a fickle beast. They say the vaccine also continues to be available under emergency use authorization, including for individuals 12 through 15 years of age and for the administration of a third dose in certain immunocompromised individuals. You know what they didn't say? A third dose for all individuals. Mm -hmm. So when they're talking about booster shots for everybody, that's not in the FDA's letter for even emergency use authorization. They only are referencing certain immunocompromised individuals. Now, when the New York Times comes out and says FDA is recommending a booster shot after eight months, but the FDA comes out and doesn't say that, what am I supposed to base my my understanding off of? I want to just clarify this. These boosters, Moderna, Pfizer, go so on, so forth, and booster shots, all for the alpha variant, for the original COVID variant. Alpha and beta, I guess. Alpha and beta, which are no longer the problem. What we're looking at right now is a mutated version, assuming it's going to mutate again and again and again and again. So these vaccines are not for the Delta variant, which is the current mutative strand, right? So uh, a lot of the stories have just said the vaccine, you know, retains a certain amount of efficacy for the Delta variant. That's a weak way of saying it's not the right vaccine. It's 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 yes. Okay. Right. So I'm, yeah. try, I'm trying to use my words carefully. Right. 
because for the nuance, they're saying it works. It wasn't designed specifically okay. targeting this this, this that's, variant. That's so important. And for them not to be hype, to be shining a spotlight on that is is like so dis- It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is okay. So the 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 uh, right after I was here, uh, what four or five six weeks ago, the uh, Surgeon General of the United States came out with this big report and said, and attached to this report said the Surgeon General number, went to the White House. Number one health public health issue we have right now, right? Not even COVID. It's misinformation. Remember that it's misinformation. Mm-hmm. That that's now a public health crisis. Misinformation. And they listed you know Bobby Kennedy and Dr. McCullough and other people all because of the internet. I think one of the reasons that Fauci has so imploded in in uh, in, in people, and in, in not just integrity, but people with authority, people really listening to him, is that shows like this, like War Room and others, get so much into the details of these things. People just don't want to watch general political TV anymore, I don't think. They're really thirsting for answers and for experts and for data and information to make up their own mind, not to be told. But um, it, like in the like in the movies, show, don't tell. Right, they want to see access to information. So when Fauci goes on CNN and MSNBC and speaks in these kind of these general, big picture phraseology, and then it changes, and the goalposts change. First, you get herd immunity of seventy percent from people have had it. Next thing you know, oh, herd immunity is ninety percent. You got to be vaccinated, right? People get naturally because I think we're in a time, and you see this in the apes. People are crowdsourcing knowledge all the time, right? Now they're going to say, and oh, you have to be a trusted, you have to be a trusted source for that information. Just to clarify, yep. the apes is a reference to the stocks. To the stock, to the GameStop, the GameStop, the ape nations, like four million individuals, and they're teaching themselves how to trade stocks, or they're having people come in and they crowdsource. They're becoming experts, or not experts. They're becoming proficient in understanding finance and economics and, and the trading of stocks as they teach themselves. I think you're seeing it across the board in many, many different areas. Look at the people, just two examples, and this is populism. Look at what people know about vaccines and pandemics today that 18 <laughs> months ago would never know. Right. Look at look at critical race theory. I know so many mothers who were, let's say this, not exactly A students and were partying in college, people I know my age, maybe some relatives, maybe a sister of mine, mm. that are experts in Herbert Marcuse, <laughs> no, but they, they know critical race theory right. like Andrew Breitbart knew it. I mean, they've yeah. gone through and studied. They've gone to the source material. We had a woman on last night from North Carolina. They can give you chapter and verse. They never heard of critical race theory. Derek Bell, you know, t- six months ago. Right. But for crowdsourcing and, and getting knowledge, they're going up a learning curve. You're seeing this in in every different area a- around. And I think people 
they want if, if you're going to be managed by experts, the experts I think have to come out and really lay out things that, in a very definitive way. That's a good point. I mean, we're seeing more and more people start to do research they never would have done in the past. The way I uh, uh, th- this is interesting. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Bill Maher in a second, but I was thi- I was thinking about Bill Maher's show because of the news about him re- rejecting booster shots, and I'm like, you know, the problem with Bill Maher is he doesn't actually read into the news. He just watches the TV and then bases his opinions off of what he sees on TV. And you know what? That probably worked when Bill Maher was younger, and that's how he got to where he is today. The news used to be only a handful of channels. So when he's coming up into prominence, there's a handful of channels you can watch where you could get distilled information. He does his political commentary based on this. The information he was presenting was probably wrong or misleading, but we didn't have crowd research. Now... 2021, Bill Maher comes on this on his show. He gets the Co- Covington kids wrong, right? He gets a lot of these things wrong, and he doesn't understand. But you can see that he's clearly on the side of liberty, or 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 more so on the side of that. The I think point. he's kind of red pilled. You think he's red pilled? Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah, but, but there's yeah. But I, I, real quick. Just yeah. No, go ahead. You're right, but he he's like one percent. You know, he's missing so much context and information. First up, his show, I think, is one of the best produced shows. I've had a chance to be on there a, a couple of times and twice up front. His show is one of the best produced. The staff does an amazing job of the detail. Remember, he is a stand-up comedian at the end of the day and very quick-witted. So I, I, I find his stuff actually be pretty piercing as far as getting to the point. Let me tell you a story about the pandemic. So they call me up to, to come out uh, to um, – in fact, in February, January, right when the pandemic started, to come out and talk about the primaries. On, on Bill Maher. On Bill Maher, yeah. And the front, the front of the show, when you come out to the thing. It's right. like the second time I'd done it. I'd done the panel years ago about Sarah Palin. But I said, I'm only going to do it if we talk about the pandemic. I've shifted my podcast from impeachment to pandemic. This is the end of the world. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to change the world as we know it. You have to understand it. And they go, fine. I fly out there and staff's terrific. They come to me and they say, look, um, here's the deal. Uh, Bill loves you. It's going to be a great session up front, but he wants to talk about the primaries, wants to talk about Bernie. You can't mention the pandemic. <laughs> I, wow. go, I go, whoa. And the producers say, hey, all we do is follow it. and We're watching your show because it was the early stages. I said, no, no, no. I said, this is going to change the arc. It's going to change the, it's going to change the, uh, the election. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and they said, uh, no, we can't do that. What he'll do in the introduction, he'll introduce you as the host of the new podcast, War Room Pandemic, but then he wants to talk about politics. Although the staff and these guys, and he just made a decision, and it was quite frankly, to your point, it was a miss. His staff was very much saying, hey, we want to do the pandemic. He made a decision, hey, this pandemic thing sounds like the flu from China. Let's do, I want to talk about Hillary, and I want to talk about Bloomberg, and I want to talk about those things are current. However, I think, and I think this is why, particularly in the Trump movement, the populist nationalism, I think Bill Maher is someone, every week on woke culture, you're seeing what I call old lions like that who come from a more of a liberal, although they're progressive, they come from a libertarian base, right? right? A libertarian perspective that are the, at the vanguard of, of countering and throwing off wokeness. I appreciate him. Um, I think it's good. There's a lot of people, you know, he had Ben Shapiro on recently. Yeah. You see the Ben Shapiro, Malcolm Nance thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and wow, when I watched that, you really understand how. You're that, outmatched. I mean, Ben Shapiro versus Malcolm Nance. That's not a fair, that's not, a outmatched. Not just that, but like, I didn't even and I mean, he's senior chief petty officer. Nance is is a good man. I don't agree with this, this plot, but he's outmatched by Ben Shapiro. Yeah, a bit. even with Nance not there, I was really impressed with Ben Shapiro. He, he's fast. He's knowledgeable. It, and it was and and he look, 
Bill Maher is outclassed by Ben Shapiro. Oh, big time. Yeah. You know, so I'm watching that. I'm like, wow, you know, like this is why people, this is why Ben is like one of the biggest podcasters and one of the biggest personalities in this. And, uh, but you know, what you end up seeing with this is that Bill Maher, he should have known a lot more than he did. And so to, to like, you know, what happens in these debates with the, you have Malcolm Nance, you have Ben Shapiro. And, and again, Ben Shapiro outclassed both of them, in my opinion. Bill Maher, Here's one of these like left progressive people say something and I'll say, oh, I understand that. Okay. And I'll agree with that. And it's like, Bill, if you actually read the story, you'd know that they were wrong. You know, so I get accused of being right wing simply because I actually fact check things. And uh, a good example. Um, well, I don't want to get too much into the, but uh, when you see the, uh, the news come out, I think saying, we'll call you right wing for more than that, but that's okay. No, I mean, that's the, that's the main, like, that's, that's it. Oh, so, cause when you fact check, they come back and say you're a right winger. Yes. When you have a fact. So if I say something right. like... Versus uh, an emotion. I'll say something like Afghanistan is, you know, uh, here, here, I, the general idea I said is there's a lot of people who want to pass the blame for what's happening in Afghanistan. The, 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 the Democrats want to blame Trump. The Trump supporters will blame Biden. Ultimately, I think full responsibility to a great degree is George W. Bush for starting the war in the first place. Obama for escalating and keeping us there. But I think it is factually The nation inaccurate. building, not the war. Yes, nation building. I think it is factually inaccurate to say that it is Trump's fault for what's happening in Afghanistan it's because ridiculous. it's not his plan. It's ridiculous. He negotiated a peace deal. It's not being followed through, and Trump has no leadership over the current situation. So it is factually inaccurate to say that Trump— yes. But what happens then is they say, aha, Tim's defending Trump. And I'm like, in the sense that he's not the president right now, and he has no control over what's going on. But then they'll call me conservative because a fact will happen. I'll give you an example. Uh, I I know everybody who's listening, they're going to be like, here he goes, the economy again. Hmm. Do you think the economy is good or bad right now? I think the, I think the economy for working class people is terrible. Inflation is out of control. You're getting crushed every day. It's awful. Independent voters and Republicans would agree with you. But Democrats overwhelmingly think the economy is good right now. Because they bought into it hard. They're, they're not giving you the truth. You saw, saw the polling today on, on uh, USA Today. 30, forget, the Democrats so overweight to Biden right now because they're still, ha- they're still hanging on because he's, he's an orange man bad. It's orange man bad. 32%, only 32% of independents support Biden. Biden's presidency is over. The regime is over. It's now time to cauterize this and to make sure it can't do any more damage, permanent damage, permanent damage to the American people and to our republic. And that's what's happening right now with the financial, what they're doing, the passing these bills. They just had the vote today, the $6 trillion they want to add. This regime is over, and here's why. Look at, look at this poll from USA Today, Suffolk, which is a center-left or left-wing polling group. It's not War Room, and it's not uh, it's not the Tim Pool Show, right? It is thirty two percent of independent support uh, approval of Biden. Biden went from a plus twenty percent on the day of his inauguration, a plus twenty approval to a net negative fourteen. There's never been a drop this quickly in uh, in uh, in the presidency ever by anybody. This is an implosion, and there's no bottom to this guy. There's no floor. This guy could get to the high 20s. He just announced, look, he sent a CIA director over to Afghanistan to be lectured by the Taliban. And look, I'm a big guy about And the CIA? The head of CIA. The head of CIA is going to fly over to have a meeting to be told you guys are leaving and getting out of here. And now tonight, he just announced, we're starting to withdraw because it takes a while to get the apparatus yeah. out. The apparatus is starting to be moved out. And right now, I think Daily Mail reported, there's hundreds of Americans have been evacuated. Just hundreds. And there's 15,000 estimated from what we know, we don't know. Nobody's given us a firm. And I understand you might not have it down to the fifth decimal place, but can we know if it's five, ten, or 15,000? Are they in Kabul? Are they throughout the country? And what's going on? Look, 
American citizenship have some value. You shouldn't just be left behind like trash, right? And this is why this is a presidency that's imploding right now. And nobody can sit there and look at these inflation numbers. Working class people, the inflation's out. Of, it's not transitory. It's because of the way we're financing this. It's out of control. The wealthy are going to get wealthier. Your audience, particularly under 35, I told you before, you're going to be Russian serfs. Now you're going to be impoverished Russian serfs, okay? It's just, this is just the math. So, so the, the point I'd made previously was that uh, I'll get called right wing for agreeing with you on facts, right? So here's a really good example of that. Uh, you said that Joe Biden's approval rating, what, 41%? 41%. We have uh, uh, so that's Suffolk. Uh, you said. Uh, USA Today Suffolk just came to Suffolk. Uh, we have Civics, which does the long tracking, ninety-one thousand responses, and they said forty-two percent disapproval. What do you think the disapproval of Joe Biden is among Democratic voters? What number? Disapproval among Democratic voters has got to be in the teens or less, the ten percent, twelve percent max. Six. Six. Yeah. Six yeah. percent of Democrats disapprove of, of of Joe Biden's it's job. It's orange man bad. Now, uh, 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 among Republicans. What do you think his approval rating is? Oh, approval rating. Republicans got to be 9, 9%, 6%. Three. Three. Yeah. <laughs> the, the disapproval yeah. of Joe Biden among Republicans is yeah. 94%. So that's we, why the proxy is the independents. Exactly. And that's what I wanted to get to. Among independent voters where it really matters, the numbers are m- remarkably worse than what you said. Approval for Joe Biden is 31% among independent voters. So maybe some of these are partisan, but we know Republicans think. We know what Democrats think. Independent voters, 58% disapproval. Now here's what happens. As an independent voter, and I say something like, Biden's doing a a bad job, well then you must be right wing because Republicans don't like Biden. If you don't, you're conservative. No, independent voters, 31%. Just by saying that fact, you're right wing, right? Uh Just by saying that fact. Exactly. And, you know, uh, if I come out, and say anything good about Joe Biden, meaningless. They don't care. There's, 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 doesn't matter. Nope. Sorry. So I don't know if there's a lot, there's a lot to, good to say about him. I really liked when he was giving that speech and he said, we shouldn't be sending a next, the next generation of, uh, you know, sons and daughters to go fight that, a war. But that, that's also, a fu- that, everybody, we've agreed upon that. We understand as a nation, we can't the be there. president to say it. I'm not saying he deserves a award for it. I'm just like, I'm glad he said that. You know? Okay. I think uh, Donald Trump, listen, back in 17, when I was in the White House, the national security state, the apparatus, and look, I, I'm a veteran. My daughter's a veteran. My kid brother's a, a, a veteran. His wife's a veteran. We come from a fa- family that serves. The military and the intelligence agency lied to his face. This is not a miscalculation. They lied to his face, and they've been lying to people for 20 years. But the system wants to believe it. The system wants to believe it, Right. President Trump was, was, was said, okay, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll do it for a while longer, but we got to have a plan to withdraw. We have to have a plan to get out of here. But this is not the way you do it. And he was right. And people need to understand Bush starts the war. Obama expands it. It's only been, it's only been two presidents. I'm not so sure on the war. Look, the, the war, when we first went at the paramilitary groups in, in October, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of that after 9-11, I think October 7th, where there's going to be a veterans rally in, in D.C. that I think is going to be quite large and intense. Um, it was the nation building. It's the shifting of the right, thing right. to all of a sudden we want to build a democracy like ourselves in the middle of Central Asia, right? Right. Two trillion dollars, ladies and gentlemen. Two, what, what, what would this country be like? Take it, when, when, when Trump was there, they said, oh, it's going to cost 15 billion. I said, Eric Prince and I said, I said 50. Eric said 62. It turned out to be 62 and a half billion. What would Baltimore look like if you took 62 billion just one year, right? 
$62 billion just put into Baltimore. The $62 billion. The what? opportunity cost yes. was enormous. The opportunity cost is beyond the $62 billion. The money you could have made by investing $2 trillion is a magnitude. Into American million. manufacturing? Yes. Why can't we get the Democratic voter base to understand that? Why is it that they're overwhelmingly behind the machine, which is stripping away their their resources, their value, and their labor for things like nation building? Part of it in, in Afghanistan is because the American Empire, the industrial complex, murdered Kennedy. Or it looks like they take people <laughs> out that speak up against them, so people are like living in shocked terror. As like, I don't slow down there. Let me give you a fact. Look at MSNBC. Look at MSNBC's program Wheel at Night. Look at look at look at Rachel Maddow and look at Chris Hayes because those are the two most important shows. Look at the big pharma ads. Okay, the Democrat Democratic Party were the leaders for decades in going after big pharma until about eighteen to twenty four months ago. Now they're the biggest proponents of big pharma and the controls that come around big pharma. The Democratic Party, and I think they've led, this is why I think there's so many Democrats, and that's why I think in the, see in the Rio Grande Valley, populist and economic nationalists are starting to sit there and going, hey, I'm not into what these globalists are. This kind of, this, this, this empire that they want to, you know, the party of Davos, right? The, the financial city of London, Wall Street, the globalist corporations, right? They, they've, they've sold these people that your sovereignty doesn't mean anything and your citizenship. You're not going to own anything, but you're going to be fine. The World Economic Forum. Hey, you just, you're not going to own anything, but you're going to be great. You'll be happy. You're, you'll be happy, right? This is all a, – it's a con. You know why? The guys pushing that on you, they own, and they own a lot. And now they want to own your houses and run them back to you. They want to own every asset because the assets are exploding. Why? They own all the commodities. That's why inflation is getting so high. They want to own it all. They, they want you to pay for it by renting, right? Or they want you to pay for it by, by leasing, right? But they're going to own the assets. So the people selling this to you own the assets, yep. right? That's the con. And that's why you're going to be Russian serfs. You're not going to own anything. And I think people are awakening to that. Like communist China. Communist China is, it's, look, it's, it's, communist, it's, it's a, that's a transnational criminal organization that's state capitalism. It's authoritarian, right? And it's, it's politics or dictatorial dictatorship with state with a handful of industries, right? That's why she goes down there and says, hey, the tech guys, I don't want to, you know, they're not going to become oligarchs like in the United States where they can shut down Donald Trump. They can shut down Donald Trump. They can disband him and he's got no voice. That's not going to happen here. Bang, bang, bang. Jack Ma, you think you're a big shot? Boom, boom, boom. And he wipes out $500 billion of the deplorables money. It's your opinion. Remember, when she makes this decision, he doesn't care. You know why? It's your private equity that Wall Street's put into these companies. Remember, the $500 billion that was lost is the pension fund money of the workers in the United States. That's the Greek tragedy part of this. So we're and basically all already living under the boot of the CCP. 100%. So, but, well, by the way, we could shut them down. Here's the thing. The tools, it's just like that movie with Costner and you know, The Untouchables, where they said about prohibition. you got Sean Connery and Costner, and they're sitting there, and Sean Connery turns them and goes, everybody knows where the whiskey is in prohibition. Do you have the will to take the axe and walk across the street and beat down the door and go to the still and blow it up? That Everybody knows what the problem is. The problem is we're financing the Chinese Communist Party. Why? Because it, the system works like that. It's higher margins off the slave labor of the Chinese people. The biggest yep. victims of this virus, the biggest victims of the transnational criminal organization of the Chinese Communist Party is Lao Beijing, which is a term means old hundred names. That's the kind of the John Q. public in China, the old, yeah. the old hundred names, right? Those guys bear the brunt for everything. They're the deplorables of China. 
They're the biggest victims. They're the slave labor. That's what Nike's using at a buck a day, right, to sell the T-shirts. But the whole system is built upon that because the exportation of that deflation of, about about products and the and the and the keeping down of wages throughout the world keeps wages down in the industrial democracies. That's what we have to break the Chinese Congress. And we can do it if we tell Wall Street, you're going to have to do it. If we, if we sit and put capital controls, we can stop lending to them. We can shut them down in a hundred days if we enforce it. And we don't and we won't as long as we have, we're run by the party of Davos. There's a shield for these, uh, uh, the establishment here in the United States and it's the media. And so, you know, everything you said when, you know, they, they call you far right and all that stuff. If if you took quotes, th- those quotes, and a- attributed them to a socialist, progressive YouTuber, people would be like, oh, of course. You Read the I mean? New Yorker magazine when they did the big profile of Elizabeth Warren when she was running for president in, in the fall. They did a New Yorker did one of the things they hang out with her. Fifth paragraph. She goes, you know, we listen to Steve Bannon. It, 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 it's, we like his ideas. Those are a lot of the ideas. Look, I'm not a right-wing conservative. I'm a right-wing populist. Right. Right. You either have left-wing populism or right-wing populism. I'm an economic nationalist and a populist. Right. I believe, and by the way, that's because I, I believe that we don't need total state control. You need a the, what people need is a better piece of the. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Action. And so what I mean to say is uh, you agree on, with, uh, on the problems with the, the left-wing populists. Yes. And disagree on solutions. Yes. The problem is these left-wing populists won't actually listen to you because the media tells them not to. It, but that's why shows like yours, and they are, because I tell you who's listening. People in the Rio Grande Valley, the Hispanics, the, the the vanguard of the Trump movement, and you're seeing this. And let's talk about the recall of Gavin Newsom, the Golden Boy, mm-hmm. in California. Fifty-one percent of Latinos in California, when he's recalled, it's because one of the core elements of the traditional Democratic Party has said, "We want this guy out." And you know why? It's the mass mandates and it's the education. We don't want these school unions. We want the teachers. We have to have our kids in school. We have to do it. One of the biggest things we have on the show is this woman, uh, Lydia Friend, a uh, woman of Watts. And her big fight is that in a competitive, you know, she's a grandmother, but she, she cares for all these kids in, in Watts. She says in a competitive world economy, kids can't take off a year or two not ha- be, being schooled at home. They need to be competitive with the kids in China and the kids in Europe. That's why Latinos are leading. This is the ironic part of this. It's Latinos leading the call, of, the recall of, of, Gavin, of Gavin Newsom. In those nine Democrats, the nine centrist Democrats spread throughout the country, except three of them are in the Rio Grande Valley in Texas. Cuellar, Vela, 
and uh, and uh, uh, Cuervela and Gonzalez, I think it is Cuervela and Gonzalez three down there that are um, that are, are, are old school. One's retiring; the other two are tough, tough, tough Democrats. But they understand the Rio Grande Valley is flipping for Trump. Why? Border security and illegal aliens competing for those jobs at the lower ends of the scale. They're driving wages down. People are rational. The reason that listen, this is why the apes are so important. They don't want you to understand finance. They don't want you to understand economics. They don't want you to understand how the system works. I would tell people, hey, you won't have any conspiracy theories when you start to explain and give people the information of the way the system works. Like right now, we've just had uh, Bloomberg had this morning, and I think we get to that. Bloomberg had this morning that story since the since the since the uh, the CCP virus, four trillion dollars has been added to the, to the balance sheet of the, of the Federal Reserve to pay for the drop in agri-demand, all those interim things, $4 trillion, $838 million an hour. Wow. Okay? Now we're sitting here in Washington, D.C. They're talking about $6 trillion of additional spending. Do you understand that this is going to, not your children and your grandchildren, you, if you're under 35 years old, welcome to serfdom, okay? Because you're always going to be just kind of this, this, this uh, what lumpen proletariat, right? You're never going to own anything. You're not going to have any one or two that under that write some algorithm or the Elon Musk of the world. Yes, you'll break out. But for the general population, it won't be the days of America where you can support a family on one wage earner they're and try- a couple of kids. They're trying to destroy the American dream for themselves. They've taken it all for themselves. Remember, right. they sit there and they put that the party of Davos with that thing, world, you know, build back better. Oh, you're not going to own anything, but you're going to be happy. You don't need to. They own a lot. Because you're going to pay, by the way, you're still going to pay the rent, right? Are you still going to pay the, they're going to own the asset. One of the reasons they own the assets, that's because there's an explosion. When you have this, uh, when you have this printing of money, there's an explosion in real assets. That real estate, stocks, this is what's going up. They're the owners that you're seeing the greatest concentration, shift in concentration of wealth in mankind's history right before our eyes. That's why it has to be stopped. Now you do have power, the debt ceiling. They can't they can't really get any of the spending done until they increase the debt ceiling. And that's where the people. And you're going to have a. You think you had a fire? I called a firestorm about this uh, about the uh, going back to school on September 20th when they come back from this recess and they have to get down to brass tacks. The raising of the debt ceiling is going to be the next firestorm. They're going to sit there and go, the deplorables and Bannon and all these crazies are going to ruin the credit rating in the United States. They're going to implode the stock market. They're going to blow up the bond market. They're going to do all this evil stuff, right? All I'm saying is that the full faith and credit, you have three ways to pay for things. You sell bonds to the Japanese or Chinese. You raise taxes and grow your way out of with increased taxes. Or you print money. The only reason we can print money, remember, this, the only reason we can print money is we're the prime reserve currency. The greatest export we have is the U.S. dollar. Every transaction in the world today, now the Chinese are trying to get off it. Cryptocurrency could get you off it. But every transaction in the world has to be generally converted into a dollar. That's why it's the greatest asset. It's the greatest export we have. As long as we have that, we can keep printing money. But all that printing of money, when it says the full faith and credit of the United States, that's you. That's your audience. It's on your shoulders. That means you're going to pay it back. Your hard work, your efforts. The world's depending upon you. The decency, the decency of the American people to make good on an IOU. And that day, th- that is now $30 trillion. You project this thing out, it's, it, it gets so far over the top. And no economy, they always say this time it's different. It's never different. Once you cross, once you cross uh, debt to GDP, boom. And that's where we're hurtling down this now. They're here talking about $6 trillion. And here's the question. 
Look around your city. Look around your state. Look at your own personal life. Don't take my word for it. We're at $30 trillion face amount, roughly $30 trillion of face amount of debt. By the way, the contingent liabilities, depending on your discount rate, anywhere from $100 trillion to $250 trillion contingent liabilities. But just on the $30, million, a $30 trillion, look around at your state. Where'd the money go? Where did the money go? Where did the money go? Do you see great airports? you see magnificent highways? you see great light rail? Where did the $30 trillion go? Where did the $2 trillion go in Afghanistan? But it's Brown University. The net present value of what we spend in, in Afghanistan is $2 trillion. This is what I asked when I was in the NSC. Show me the hospitals. Show me the roads. Show me the schools for girls. This has got to be Shangri-La. It's, 30, it's the size of Texas. It's 35, 40 million people. $2 trillion. This has got to be Shangri-La. Where did the money go? Well, right? A lot of it was left on the runway there in uh, was it Kabul for the uh, Taliban to take in the form of jets. And fighter jets. That's a little yeah, millions of dollars each. I mean, bombs, oh, hundreds of millions. I'm, hundreds I'm of kind of answering dollars. a question you probably know the answer. Hun- hundreds to, but of millions. The of arms dollars. industry. I mean, they make a bomb, they blow it up. It's gone. But they spend a lot of money. Twenty right. million dollars making the stupid thing or whatever. They decommission the jet the next year by look, melting Hundreds it. of millions of dollars. Look, these are fighters, and let's be honest. We created, helped create the Taliban to fight the Russians back in the back in the. Uh, Back in the seventies and eighties, or Charlie Wilson's war, but let's say the, the the Afghan people have defeated essentially Alexander the Great, the British Empire at the top of their game, the Soviet Empire at the yeah. top of their game, and let's, let's we've taken the Afghan National Army for hundreds of billions, not eighty billion, hundreds of billions of dollars of your money. We took the world's greatest fighters, toughest fighters, to beat everybody at the top of the game, and turn them into the world's worst army. That quit. <laughs> that quit. Because you've been lied well, to, you've been lied to for 20 years, and we accepted these lies. But uh, uh, to clarify, though, they did quit, but it was uh, Biden, my understanding is he pulled air support. He, he, and logistics. They, yeah, and he logistics. pulled logistics out of the system. They, they pulled the maintenance. They, they fled Bagram Air Force Base in the middle of the night. And then the Afghan security forces are like, where's our support? We have this training, this doctrine, and all of a sudden it's crippled when the when the Taliban starts coming in and the commandos did fight there's that video where the commandos run out of ammo and then surrender and the afghan the, uh, I'm sorry the Taliban just come in and kill them all uh, I, I, eventually after weeks of this that's when you see everyone just disband it well, fell apart th- this whole aspect of what happened in May June July and what Biden was told what what intelligence was told this will be in if not an impeachment trial hearings that lead up to this because this is that grave what was he told? What were the decisions made? What was the logic and who signed off of taking, giving up Bagram first, taking the troops out first, and leaving American citizens there? And the thing, how do you do it in reverse order? Who made those decisions? What intel? What were the briefings? What did they look like? Right? You know what, what Milley said? He was ordered to, to guard the embassy. So they didn't set up a path to, to Bagram, an Air Force base where they could have been running evacuations. Instead, they tried doing it out of Kabul's international. But this is where General Austin and General mm-hmm. Milley got to sit there and go, no, we can't do this because you're going to jeopardize. You know, you're, we know you're the commander in chief, but we cannot do this and make the national security. National security advisor in the run up to this, is he working 24 hours a day, Jake Sullivan? No, he's down in Brazil lecturing Bolsonaro on machine voting for the for the for the big contest they're going to have in, in 2022 between Lula, the the communist criminal, and Bolsonaro, a populist nationalist. He's down there lecturing him about his election, lecturing about election when he should be in the Situation Room 24 hours a day sorting this thing out. All of that will come out. Now we're in the middle of a crisis where they've basically had the Taliban tell them, "No, 31st is a hard date. You're out," and they're going to move the apparatus. And we don't know how many American citizens look. 
I spent months, and pe- some people spent years, in the North Arabian Sea and Persian Gulf back in, I think, 7980. For the, for the Persian, for the Iranian hostage crisis, there were 52 people. We have thousands, and we don't know. Tim, how can we be sitting here in, on August, what, 24th, and we don't know today, within a couple of thousand, how many actual American citizens are, and I say they're hostages right now, are, because you're at the tender mercies of the Taliban to allow them to go to the airport to get out of there. What was that movie with uh, Ben Affleck where they were uh, trapped in Iran? It was based off the true story. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like in the 70s, I think it was. This is this the one about Ross Perot sending his guys in to get the... Uh, well, in Iran, what happened is that they took the embassy in, Iran, in Tehran, yeah. right? And kept, they had to sneak the people out. Well, no, we had no. Ross Perot had a company, and he had employees there. He he went and did helicopter things. He took his people out. We, after a year or nine months of humiliation, tried to send an attack force to get them from the Persian Gulf and North Arabian Sea. It got to a rendezvous point and kind of crashed and couldn't go couldn't go into Tehran. We abandoned it. The day of Ronald Reagan, you talk about peace through strength and being and somebody being afraid of the new sheriff. The day of Ronald Reagan's inauguration, the mullahs sent the, sent the hostages back, all of them, right? Now, one, they want to humiliate Carter, but more importantly, they knew there was a guy in town that was not going to put up with this nonsense, okay? That's where it seemed like, look, you can hate, you can spit on the floor when you hear Donald Trump's name. Let's be brutally frank, okay? That's, the world was not like that last year, okay? It just wasn't. Okay, now we have a feckless, hapless old man that's clearly not in charge, making disastrous decisions. The other question I got, why do you have a president I say, that addresses the American people in the middle of the afternoon? Okay, why, why does he be before the sundowner? Why is he doing things at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 3, 45, 4 o'clock? On the West Coast, it's lunchtime. You're addressing the nation. Can you, can you, can you, they'll give you TV time. This is a big enough crisis. I think they'll give you TV time. Or even if just cable picks it up. Let's have a talk at eight o'clock at night. When people are back from work. When people are back from work. I mean, these are, these are national things. Look, there's no floor. And talk about no coincidences. Rachel Maddow cuts her new deal. Rachel Maddow, she's, cause she's the brains of the operation. She's, you talk about the media. She's, she's the, the thinker and her team is. All of a sudden, she wants to spend more time with the family. She's cutting a new deal, a weekly show from a nightly show and oh she's going to start doing West Wings and entertainment and you know Ari Emanuel you know and she's going to do all kind of things no she just like John Stewart she does not want to be left holding the bag here she wants out okay she wants out and I want to spend more time with the family give me a break she's the hardest worker and tough and hey on the rise of this she was all over it she's seen it and they want out of here because they understand this is a debacle this is a debacle the entire Every one of our allies is, is repulsed. And the Chinese Communist Party, a transnational criminal organization, with their partners in Pakistan that have been run, been conning us for years, with now the Taliban in the, in the, in the super state with Al-Qaeda, Haqqani, and, uh, and ISIS, plus Turkey, plus Russia, is now going to consolidate the Eurasian landmass. And they're going to be looking at Silicon Valley West, which is Taiwan. Forget what you think you have a moral obligation to defend a democracy. Think about the practicality. You're not going to have a refrigerator. You're not going to have an F-100. You're not going to have an economy because that bill they're trying to jam through is $20 billion to try to get the high-tech chip design back to Arizona. It ain't going to happen. Your, Taiwan is Silicon Valley West. It must be defended for the practicality of the American economy. And they're sitting there right now looking at the island 100 miles off in this hapless crowd here that are going to leave American citizens behind. Let's, so, so the movie I was thinking of was Argo yes. mm-hmm. with uh, Ben Affleck, and it's about the story 
the CIA faked a movie production to get uh, people out of the embassy in 1979. They pretended to be like directors and, and things like that. It's a, I thought it was a great movie. Um, how many people were, were involved? It was a small handful. It's 52, it's 52, 55 people at the okay. embassy. By the way, half of them were, you know, intelligence officers. They made, a, they made a movie. Right. About this, right. about how scared right. the Americans were that right. we could lose fifty-two people. Think of fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. Oh, you should understand. Let me, let me, most American citizens in there are, are a lot of progressives, uh, women from NGOs, which are they're doing positive work for women and things they they think are uh, health, think that things are great. This is what right now we are potentially. We don't know the details. Potentially leaving behind. This could turn out to be, if not it already is, the most devastating hostage situation that the U.S. has ever faced because uh, they've already been warning that many of these people may become POWs. What, what you need to understand about the 15,000 people, the Taliban has said, oh, don't worry, we're going to allow the Americans to get out. But do they really have a rigid enough control of the, 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 the men you know, in the Taliban to prevent them from saying, that guy's a contractor. We don't care about what they say. And then you get videos of beheadings. Let's say 90% of the Taliban can be centrally controlled. That's 10% that are just <clears throat> going to go rogue or going to freelance. You don't know, but the United States should never be in a position that we're beholden to the tender mercies of a me- medieval theocracy, right? And Michael Hayden, let's be blunt, the national security state here, Hayden tweets out the other day, they had, a Trump, they had one of the things right. of, the, of, the Trump, of the Trump flags and they had the Taliban going by. He said, uh, the Taliban and our Taliban. Right, this is a guy that was the only, I believe, was CIA and NSA. Right, then he tweeted out the other day. Some guy tweeted, "We ought to send all the unvaccinated to into on the planes. Don't let them go back empty. Don't let them deadhead. Send them back with un, unvaccinated Trump followers." And he retweets this, thinking this is cute in a time of a national crisis. And this is a crisis. I got a question for you. You know, uh, obviously, we're seeing this this mass chaos and this catastrophe. But just uh, uh, with Afghanistan, this potential hostage situation, what you were referencing with Hayden, we were, we've been talking about quite a bit. Something changed in people. People I've known for a long time who used to be normal, regular, nice people have become vile, angry, and bloodthirsty. Why? Have you have you noticed this? Somewhat? Oh, big time. Like all of a sudden they're posting things like, I hope you effing die, man. And I'm like, what happened to this guy? Like, yo, calm down. It's a fourth turning. It is. This but it is turns what happens. people into some kind of where monster where this fourth turning happens and all of a sudden they're just like, all of a sudden they're just bloodlust. You, you wait how nasty is going to get. Look, remember, one of the big arguments they made against Trump and the, and the, and the Trump team and the, and the deplorables and America First and all that is that you're a bunch of rubes. You breathe through your mouth. You don't know how the world works. You want to fortress America. You're nativists, xenophobes, racists. We're the experts. We're dialed into the party of Davis. We're dialed into NATO. This is competence. This is why at the core, what I said at the CPAC in 17, we need to deconstruct the administrative state. I'm not a guy that wants to burn down institutions, but you know what? Every institution we've got is rotten to the core and needs to have a cleansing. Okay? The FBI, the CIA. Let's Just take it fire again. fire some people. Fire, and institutionally go through. We have to have like a church commission on this. How do we get in this situation again? After the failures on 9-11, after the failures on weapons of mass destruction, on the failures of not seeing the rise of China, right? These are not small things. Each one of these is what would destroy a great power, okay? They're the experts. They're telling us what to do. Remember, 9-11, miss. Mm-hmm. World, West, weapons of mass destruction, missed and lied about it. 
Okay, rise of China. Oh, nobody saw that. What, what happened? Oh, yeah, they're everywhere. CCP's everywhere. And now in Afghanistan, that's where we got to get to the bottom of what Biden was told and when he was told it. And we need to see the briefing. They can redact it. And this is why even you saw shift yesterday. Shift's already trying to get ahead of it to save himself. Right. He does a house intelligence thing. He walks down the steps and goes, he tells him right there, hey, I just saw the intelligence briefing. I don't think we're going to get everybody out. That's a bombshell. Yeah. When does that happen in American history? We're not going to get everybody out. We're not going to get everybody out. We're just telling you now a week beforehand, we're going to leave them to the Taliban. People need to start bracing themselves with the possibility that you're going to see some really awful videos. Yep. There's going to be uh, – and, and the news the, – the, 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 these uh, establishment media outlets may want to try and veer away from it knowing what's coming in 2022, but you're not going to be able to escape it on the internet. I think they're actually doing a – CNN and MSNBC is, I think, doing it – now, you've got the opinion guys are trying to steer it. It's Trump's fault, everything like that. But – I think to date they're doing a pretty good job of showing the chaos and saying, hey, it's disorganized. Plus, you have the, you have the State Department saying one thing and the Pentagon giving a briefing. And you have General Austin and Admiral Kirby. And Admiral Kirby, and they're like looking around. They get asked a question. Oh, the State Department just said that we didn't know that. Wow. They say Trump's group on, on, is, is incompetent. This is inco- this is not incompetence. This is gross. This is not negligence. This is gross recklessness. You know what I was saying the other day? The Afghanistan thing really revealed the emperor has no clothes in a way that, um, you know, it's kind of surprising to me because, of course, I never saw Biden as competent. We have, a, we, have, we have a new poll showing that most Americans now view him as incompetent. It was a CBS poll. Not not a competent president. 52%. Yeah. Kamala, Pretty shocking. Right, right. And you had uh, uh, Rasmussen saying most Americans view Kamala Harris as not qualified to be president. But I always kind of felt. Nancy Pelosi's third, in the de- third on deck. Right. And come on. I'm just saying. She's not going to be able to do it. Third in succession. But here's here's what I was, you know, I always kind of felt like even if Biden wasn't capable, someone there is the adult in the room who's like, we'll take, you know, okay, Biden muttered and fell asleep, but we know what we got to do. And then I see with Afghanistan, I'm like, no, they've all just said, don't look at me. It's Biden's fault. When, when they, when they abandoned Bagram in the middle of the night and then Hayden says, well, I was told to guard the embassy. The Biden's whacked out of his mind. You took that advice when you knew Millie doesn't care. He's a politician. So all of these people are like, wasn't my fault. I was following orders. Remember uh, Bagram, one of the most important bases in, in, in the world, not turned over to our supposed ally, not turned over to the Afghan Air Force, not turned over to the Afghan Security Forces, not turned to the Afghan Army. We went out like a one-night stand in the middle of the night yep. and let the devil catch a high most. The te- wow. Even the, it, it, just the looters, they gave over the looters. Taliban then came up. Yep. This shows you that the globalist project – is collapsing around them, okay? It's collapsing around them. They fought for this for 20 years. They wanted the, 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 the they had all the Western educated guys lying to them and believing the lies. Here's the question. The American people should demand where, simple question, where did the $2 trillion go? I, want, I know what the source of proceeds were, the American taxpayer, okay? Or, or future American taxpayers. I want to know where the money went. Toilet. Mm. I mean, look, they, they, they hired contractors, they built bases, they built bombs, they built weapons. They spent it on a project that ultimately was fruitless. The, the globalists skimmed off the top. You have the, my, more heroin trafficking today, right, than ever before. This is one – remember, the Washington Post uh, – and I kept saying this like two years ago. They did a thing called the Afghan Papers, which is more powerful than the Pentagon Papers. People talk about the Pentagon Papers. You read the Afghan Papers that the Washington Post editors put together with real reporting from inside the Pentagon. It's shocking because as many lies as you were told about Vietnam, it pales in comparison to the lies you were told about 
Afghanistan. What was some? Of, what were some big ones? Well, like we're making progress. Hmm. We, we we basically destroyed the Taliban. Wow. We control the country. There's a functioning democracy. Year after year after year. Look, when I was there, one of the things I was supposed to do was work to get us out. And and what they said is that. Oh, no. You know, it's a functioning democracy. We control this. Kabul, we control the air. I said, look, let's do two things. Let's just give me the source. Give me the use of proceeds. Where'd the money go? Fight, fight, fight. Don't want to give it. Finally have to demand it. No. And you can round up to the closest hundred billion, right? You look at the use of proceeds. I think at the time the Afghan National Force and Security is like $500 billion of the two, of the net present value of the two trillion, right? Also, I said, I want to go back. I gave a couple of inflection points. I want to see the presentations that were given to the commander-in-chief at the time. Yes. I just want to see what was at the time. When Bush made these decisions and when Obama made these decisions, because you've had both conservative hawks, neocons, like uh, chaining these guys in this room, and you've had progressive neo, uh, neocons and hawks in this room under Obama. All good people, all trying their best, all went to the Ivy League schools, all from the military camps, all of it for 20 years. Let me see them. Let's a presentation. You know, all the presentations are this. They don't want to give it. You know why? All the presentations, all the same. In 18 months. Oh, man. You want to live in that. It's like, in, it's like being in investment banking. The third year is nirvana, right? Every number is hitting in the third year. You're golden, right? That third year, the chart is like that. Every year, it's 18 months. We're 18 months away from turning this thing around. 18, it's always 18 months. It's a lie. This is not a miscalculation. They're lying to your face. They're lying to your face about what NATO supported. They're lying about what NATO did on the combat tours. They're lying about what went on. Remember, if you ask anybody today, if you Google right now, how many deaths in Afghanistan? 2,200. Well, no, hold it. You're now counting, I think, 4,000 contractors. And the contractors are not guys rolling in cooking hot dogs. They're basically pipe hitters that are, that have punched out of the military and it's cheaper to pay them, you know, a, a real salary. Right, but not have to pay their medical or not have to pay their retirement. They're off the books. I think we lost four thousand uh, 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 contractors. So there's six or seven thousand dead. We don't know how many. More For your audience right now, I'm getting calls. I know a couple of people individually, personally close to me that have had friends that have PTSD that have tried to commit suicide or try to hurt themselves because they're sitting there going twenty years of my life, ten tours, all my friends, friends wounded, hurt, lives destroyed, and for what? What is it for? What did we do? Were we lied to by our face? Did anybody anticipate? If we if the apparatus is so smart, if the experts, if you're so dumb out there and you're just somebody that should be fed uh, information that, that's packaged and they're so smart, how did we get to the end of a 20-year project? And yes, Joe Biden, you're right. we got to leave. No doubt about it. How do we get to the end of the 20-year project and there's nothing, not only nothing to show for it, it's a terrorist super state that's going to be created. If the experts are so – this is why populism. Give me the first 100 people that dial into the Timcast or the first 100 people that showed up to Alabama to that field the other night. Let me have the country run by that than these experts. And we're going to have a country that's decent, hardworking, understands human nature, and, and, and doesn't get into these crazy situations. This is all the experts. Conservative neocons, liberal neocons, right – all the experts, all the think tanks go back and look at their lies. This is not miscalculation. This is lies. They lied. They lied. They lied. And who paid for it? In Section 60 over there in Arlington National Cemetery, it's the kids of the working class. That's who's over there. Okay? Who's wounded with the PTSD? Who are having suicidal thoughts? By and large, 
kids of the working class. Who's going back over in harm's way, the 6,500 they had to put in? Who are the, the Afghanis throwing the babies up to? The Afghans, Afghanis are voting right now what they think about Judeo-Christian values and about the deplorables. They're tossing their kids up. Hey, I'm finished. I'm done. The Taliban's going to get me, but save my kid. Do you think that... Uh I, or I kind of feel like one of the reasons they tr- they lied to Trump, tried to keep our troops in Afghanistan, was to prevent people finding out what was really – they were just trying to kick the can down the road. Yeah, they want to – and by the way, they remember they showed him – McMaster's thing, I showed him like miniskirts in the 70s. The, 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 oh, yeah, you know, before this all happened, this was like a modern Western nation. No, it wasn't. This is not even a country. It's 50 tribes. Yeah. And the three big ones, were the Uzbeks, the Tajiks, and the Pashtuns at each other's throats. Yeah. Right? This is not something. Look, it beat Alexander the Great. That's where he died. Okay, <laughs> the British. Remember the sixteen thousand man army. It has sixteen thousand man. They let one guy come through to tell the tale. That that left from 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 Kabul to go out through the through the uh, Khyber Pass. Right, the Russians. It destroyed the Russian Empire. Collapsed. This is how empires collapse. You know what it collapses? Because working people sit there and go, "I'm not believing this anymore. Mm. I don't buy it. I'm not buying into this." You know why? Because they treat me like you think they. Here's what they think about American citizens: they think you're trash. It's not Steve Bannon saying that; it's they're leaving you back in Kabul. You, exactly, they're the leaving way, you in Kabul. Who, Are you a priority to get out? No, they're leaving you. Who's who's doing it? Who is responsible for making the call? That's making the American government print all this money. Uh, drop their troops and send their troops overseas. I mean, Dick Cheney, Halliburton was Wall, a big Wall Street, Wall Street, the global corporations, Wall Street, the donor class, and the Uniparty. And you have a Uniparty. Look, you had 19 Republicans sign up for this for this infrastructure bill, which is under a third infrastructure. Here's the thing with infrastructure. They mock Trump on MSNBC. Oh, it's infrastructure week. Ha, ha, ha. Trump's thesis was different. It had to pay for itself. This thing has, by the Congressional Budget Office, the first bill, the $1.2 trillion, $286 billion unpaid for it. New York Times saying $400 billion. And I would say the rest of it they say pay for it is all voodoo. It's not paid for. Okay? It's not paid for. Let's talk about the yeah. collapse. So you said, uh, you just mentioned Soviet Union collapses just after Afghanistan. Yes. Right? We are uh, an empire of sorts, right? We're, so we're, we've become an empire, Yes. So is uh, Afghanistan going to be our demise, do you think? I think that unless working class people step up and look at what's happening in the Rio Grande Valley, if working class people step up and say no more, not my kids, not my money, we're going to take we're going to take charge of this, we're going to get back to some basic fundamentals and we're not going to retreat into Fortress America. I'm not a retreat to Fortress America. We've got to have we 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 will be throughout the world. Right, but not like we are today in everybody's business, spread out all over hell's half acre, sticking our nose in everywhere. We will be, and we have to confront the, the, the existential threat, which is the Chinese Communist Party. Okay, we have to do that. And by the way, I've said, and their philosophy is unconventional warfare. Right, the 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 the, the, the you have economic and cyber. You have you have information and cyber and economic. Right, then you have kinetic. We are hurtling towards kinetic war in the South China Sea and Taiwan, even as we speak. So I want to bring up this uh, tweet from Elon Musk that uh, we saw earlier. Daily Mail says Elon Musk posts cryptic tweet about the, quote, sun of the old world setting in a dying blaze of splendor. He tweeted the guns of August. It's a wow. book um, about the early stages of World War One. He followed it up with a tweet with a Lord of the Rings reference. Oh. He's not responded to comments about what he meant, but um, he said nine rings for mortal men, 
following after uh, after he said uh, that, that well the guns of august are very prophetic i mean the the following quote was one of the guys trying to negotiate a peace to make sure we didn't go to war was said the lights of europe are going to go out never to be relit in my lifetime remember 1914 what happened with the assassination in serbia in late july excuse me late june basically five weeks later they they had these treaties in the in the in the mobilization to, it kind of took on a life of its own and actually were drawn to a war from August of 1914, that war did not end until the fall of the Berlin Wall. That's why the 20th century is the most bloody century in mankind's history. When they look back at it, we lived it. You in this audience, were, were some of you, were born in what will be called a modern dark age. 250 million people died, were slaughtered in the 20th century through war, starvation, of, of what happened in August. Of t- That's why the guns of August. Anybody who wants to read Barbara Tuckman's book will see when the experts... When the experts know everything. Remember, Europe was a hundred years of peace since Napoleon was finished. It was the great industrial, remember, the steam engine, we, we, we exploded on, on industrial production, everything. The wealthiest the world's ever been, the most trade the world's ever been, the most united the world's ever been, a globalized system, the world, it cratered. The Victorian values cratered before our eyes into a sea of barbarity, okay? That ended with, you know, the Khmer Rouge and, and, and Mao Zedong and all that, and eventually Afghanistan, which brought down the Soviet Empire and eventually to the Berlin Wall. That, from 1914 to 1989, the bloodiest, the short 20th century is the bloodiest century in mankind's history. And Elon Musk, who's a smart guy, I think is sitting there, is this, is this new globalization order, is it going to be, is, is, is Afghanistan, is that the guns of August. In other words, is that the is that the assassination in Serbia that leads the dominoes to? And quite frankly, people ought to be very concerned. And right now, you should be cutting off the football and cutting off the baseball, and you should be watching the news. And you should be thinking, mm. what is going on here? What is going to change in my life? What's going to change in my children's lives? Right? Have you been tracking the food shortages? Pretty, uh, pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, how does it affect you? A lot of people might not notice. It, depending on what the, I think a lot of people might be noticing, you go to Taco Bell for instance, and they got a sign up saying we don't have these food items. You go to Starbucks and say we don't have these food items. My, uh, 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 I'm trying to order uh, food for 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 my pets, and they're like, this is out, this can't be bought. Went to the pet store and it was like fifty bucks for cat food. Yeah, it's getting harder and harder to to, to uh, secure and supply these things. You know, combined with the we've labor had the great, we've had the greatest increase in, in prices, I think, in 50 years, right? right. It's not transitory. The Federal Reserve says, like, oh, it's not transitory. Not, don't worry about it. But ain't transitory, particularly if you're working class, you're getting eaten we, alive. We knew it wasn't. Those of us who have been tracking this, I'm sure you, knew that these prices would stay up. The idea that, oh, don't worry, it's just playing catch-up. Your betters, you know, you say that, but your betters, the governors of the Federal Reserve, all the economists, they sat there two months, a month ago and said, no, you're wrong, Tim Pool. This is transitory. Right. It's just a slight blip. Lying. Everything's fine. You're not an expert. Go back in your cave. Go back and shut up and sit down. Pay your taxes. Put your pension money in. That'll that'll grease the system. We'll control all the assets, and you're going to pay us rents because you're going to pay the carrying cost. This is one of the reasons I got out of the cities. You know, I lived in uh, I lived in New York, and then there was protests and things were getting bad, and then some cops got assassinated in front of my apartment over on uh, Myrtle and Nostrand, right around there, uh, Tompkins, I think it was. And so I said, you know, maybe it was political. It was a, it was a black nationalist killing cops. He said, you take two of ours, we take two of yours. And so I said, maybe I shouldn't live in this city because, 
you know, I've, I've already seen the protests and I see the escalation happening before my eyes. I move over to the Jersey side. I'm like, you know, I'll still work in the city, but I'll stay out of the, the dense thick of things. And then there were bombs planted in Manhattan and Jersey City. And I said, OK, maybe I should move a little bit further away. Then we, we uh, you know, I end up going to South Jersey. I see the riots, the, the Black Lives Matter riots, the George Floyd riots. And I said, yeah, well, we're on the other side of the river from Philly, so we're fine. Then I heard the helicopters and they started coming into the suburbs, the protests, the riots. And I was like, they crossed the bridge? You know what? I'm not going to sit around to wait and find out where the escalation leads to. And so we ultimately end up going out to the West Virginia. You know, we're in the, the Harper's Ferry area, which is not the middle of nowhere, mind you. It's like an hour from the airport. But I'm still thinking, like, we need space. We need to have our own water source because the world may not be ending. I don't know. But the point is, I want to just make sure that when, it, when whatever ends up happening, be it a disaster or crisis or something in the United States, I have taken responsibility for myself. Because the worst case scenario is we got a great place. We got trees. We got deer walking around. We, it's beautiful. It's fresh air. We have our own well. And you know what? Maybe uh, it's, it's good to prepare for some kind of chaos that may, may ensue. Maybe it will never happen. Well, the worst case scenario is fresh air and clean water. How about that? I don't know what you're thinking. Stay, are you, you know, about cities? Well, I think, look, people have to make individual decisions, individual choices. I think one of the things that people have to do is to get sources of information and check them out and verify them. But much of what you're being told is just not accurate. 30 days later, it changes. 60 days right. later, it changes. You were told this inflation is transitory. It's just not because asset classes, asset, and by the way, people are putting money into commodities. Food prices are going up. This is a, 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 the most massive unfair tax for working class people. And you're going to see a revolt. That's why Biden's handling of the economy is down now into the 40s. And right. sometimes in the 30s, depending on who, who the demographic. By the way, for the, the other day, in an economist poll, not the war room and not t- Tim Pool, the economist YouGov poll had the cross tabs, which by the way, most of these polls today do not put out the cross tabs. Because they don't want to see how bad, when you get into the details, the economists did, 250 pages. Steve Cortez and, uh, and uh, Raheem Kassam went through it. And they had, in the, in, in, uh, uh, the Hispanic, uh, looking at Hispanics, Biden's handling the economy, excellent. Zero point zero. First time I've ever seen a double odd in a, in a poll. Wow. Usually you get something. Zero point zero. Excellent. Okay. People are wising up to it because they see the reality of their lives. And all you have to do to think about these experts, think about what they told you about the economy. Think of what they've told you about what's happening on the southern border. Think of what they've told you about the vaccines. Think of what they told you about the CCP virus and the origins of this virus in Wuhan. Think about that. Think about every day. that It's all a nutcase conspiracy theory. And then you get more information and all of a sudden it's not. Okay. Think about this war. Think of what you were told about Afghanistan. Think about, think about what you were told about the American citizens left there. Just think about what you're told and then later what you find out to be right. And it's not marginally off. People can make mistakes. It's the exact opposite of what you were told. Don't you remember, or, or I don't know if you can actually remember, the feeling of being totally disassociated from politics and, and, and what was going on. And you just watched football. You went to the bar. You had pizza. Wasn't that that, that warm, fuzzy feeling where you'd wake up and just do your routine it's all gone, isn't it? It's a fourth turning. That's a, that's a, that's a pre-fourth turn. This is what a fourth turning is. We're in the maelstrom right now. We're in the maelstrom. And the whole watching football and kind of living in in a haze of glory. We were on the back of slaves. We were living off the back of slaves right, the, the whole it's, time. It's we the, just didn't know. But it's the exactly. It's the ignorance. Yeah. You are you you are basking in the bliss of ignorance. And more and more. That's people, what they want you to be. 
Right. Remember, that, uh, most of what's happened, this is what's so powerful. I want to go back to the apes and why they hate the apes so much. What are the apes doing that's so bad? They're buying American companies and holding the stocks. <laughs> okay. They're, they're racist. They're nativists. They're, 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 they're market manipulators. They're everything. The press beats on these people all day. You know why? Because they're crowdsourcing knowledge. Yep. They want you to be an idiot. They want you to look at the pro wrestling. Think about it a second. All the major events that have really happened, 9-11, the war in Iraq, the financial implosion in 2008, the, the, the market, right, these things. How at the time that you go back and look at what was covered on cable TV, it's all pro wrestling. In the foreground, they want you distracted, not just with entertainment, but even the stuff they say is serious politics is all pro wrestling. It doesn't matter. Where the power things, that's what this Bloomberg article, we got to get to, read it, $838 million an hour. Okay, four trillion dollars, and that even started, and it's not wow. going to get reversed unless you unless you throw down hard and reverse it. You ever hear about the debt ceiling? They don't want you to know about that. They don't want you to know that you have the power to say no. They want you to be an idiot. Did you know the U.S. is liquidating its assets to try and cover costs because of the debt ceiling? Okay, we talked about okay the debt ceiling. We're the only show I think that picked up. Even the business press did when when Yellen. Remember, she's the only person I believe to be chairman of the Federal Reserve and secretary of the Treasury. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in those circles, she's very highly regarded. She gives testimony right before Fourth of July and says, "Oh, by the way, you know, on July thirty first, the debt we hit the debt ceiling and we will default on government securities on August fifteenth. I go, "Oh my God, this guy! We will default." Last time I looked, that means you're bankrupt. Okay, yeah. and you you see there that and they here's the games they play, and this is what the Uniparty plays. She's got to shuffle around. They go through the the thirty first and nothing, no increase of the debt ceiling. And what are they doing? They're playing three-card money. Right. They're taking money from Social Security. They're not putting money into government pensions. They're doing. Every, they're going out and getting tomato cans in the back of the Federal Reserve. Where's the cash? <laughs> no, they're doing everything they can do. Every and this, remember, these are the these are your betters. These are the people that think you're an idiot and treat you like an idiot. These are supposed to be the geniuses. This is all the McKinsey consultant, Booz Allen. They went to the best law schools, the best business schools. They're your betters. Okay, your betters got us Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and the deplorables are over in Arlington National Cemetery. Okay, your betters are sitting there on the on the think tanks and on MSNBC, and they're they're giving these proclamations. And the deplorables kids are on those planes going in there in to sixty five hundred to try to save American citizens, and they're the ones on the receiving ends of the Afghani kids are being tossed to them over barbed wire. Okay. This is the same thing here. You're betters. Now they're running around getting cash out of the tomato cans in the back of the Federal Reserve to kick the can down the road till they get back from vacation. They can't handle it in August. August is recess. We're coming back after September 20th. Then they're going to have this false deadline on October 1st, and here's the beauty of it. It's going to be your fault. You're, the deplorables, oh, my gosh, you're going to blow up the capital markets, the debt markets. We're going to default on security. You're the problem. You're the problem. They're not the problem. How do you get us in here $28 trillion? And now they're talking about another $6 trillion, and there's going to be a $6 trillion on top of that mm-hmm. and top of that. Here's why. As long as they can keep printing, and the only way they can keep printing the full faith and credit of the United States government is you. It's not them. It's you. On your back, okay, because you're going to owe it back. On your back, they're going to keep printing and printing and printing and zero interest rates. The asset classes keep going. And who owns the assets? They do. They own the real estate. They own the stocks. You own nothing. of the American people can't put $400 in cash together, cash together for an emergency. You're two paychecks away from oblivion. You don't own anything and you're not going to own anything. This is the system that has, I'm a capitalist. This system has to be dismantled and it can be dismantled by the American people if we act today. 
Do you think that the American people are looking at a future much like how the how the the Chinese citizens live, where you're you're effectively doing slave labor for for trash prices? Tim Pool, you can't say what we want to say on here because you could be taken off by a social media oligarch. Let's be brutally frank. That's right. If you and I had the real conversation that you want to have here and you're smart enough and your staff's smart enough, that's not the conversation. Totally. Okay. Why? Because the the social media oligarchs, they have the ability to take off a sitting president and shut him up. That's why it's more power. Miles Guo said this. He told me years ago, he said, social media is more powerful than nuclear weapons. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, nuclear weapons, if, 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 if Beijing launches one to you, you're going to launch two back and it'll stop. Social media, they can shut down anybody, including a commander in chief, and that's what they did. They're told, they'll, they will shut you down. If you get out of line, you're the social credit scores, what do you think the vaccine passports are? The vaccine mandates is your first social credit score. Right. You can't go in a restaurant and eat and wash in, in New York City. You can't get on an airplane. You can't go, you can't go where you want in this country. Unless There's no obey. freedom. Social credit score. This is state capitalism and authoritarianism, and it's come here today in this country. We were uh, talking with Ben Stewart about the fourth turning. And one of the ideas of the fourth turning is that the mo- uh, in, in every fourth turning, the most powerful weapons available at the time will be used in the conflict. Yes. And I said, that's not nuclear weapons. It's social media. Boom. The ability. So I've long talked about this. She knows that. That's why Jack Ma is looking for a job right now. That's right. Crazy. He cut him right off at that. Why, the- why, why do we go to war? Why, why, was, why was violence used? They were trying to gain control of something. They wanted something. They would take it or they hate it. You know, they're often ideological things. But a, a, a lot of war is resources. I mean, I think it's funny uh, how many people died throughout human history to make food taste better, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, all the spices and the trades and everything uh, that, that you know, led to conflict. How many emperors were built on that? Yeah. Right, right, right. But what happens when you no longer need to use coer- uh, physical or kinetic force to command someone to your will? Well, why expend the energy cost when you can instead perhaps uh, pay people 50 cents to post propaganda in their free time? Exactly. Because it's cyber, it's cyber and information warfare. Just like economic warfare, kinetic warfare is the most is the most inefficient, right? right? You only do kinetic warfare, and when you have overwhelming odds. But I think we're sliding to kinetic war because I think we're weak. But you're right; the, the biggest power is information, cyber. You information. can if you can convince the enemy nation to lay down their arms and wave to you and cheer as you enter, then you don't need to waste money on on kinetic weapons. And if you can convince the populace to pay you a percentage of their income, then you don't have to make them slaves because they're already you're already making money you've pers- you you've you've fractionalized the slavery instead of having one free person who's running a business and one slave make them all that's 40 percent. by the way this is what wall street does a day let's if you take this is the scam of money managers uh, i don't think there's any money managers over time that have outperformed the s&p 400 that's why the, all these uh, uh, uh instruments came up you can just basically buy the market as a tracker stock because they haven't overperformed just buying the market and how the american economy grows and how stocks relate to that yet your pension fund money and that's every nurse every cop every uh every union member or people, your your money is institutional money is managed the wall street guys get 20 they get a fee of one or two percent on assets under management and when you're talking billions that's real money that's how they get the ha- house in the Hamptons and the big parties, but they get 20% of the ups off your money. And here's what they did with that. They shipped the jobs to China. They shipped the jobs to China on your nickel. The great tragedy part of this is that working class people of both political persuasions, it's all, <laughs> you paid for it all. Your taxes and your pension funds 
are what pay for this whole thing. The whole thing. You have the ultimate power. All power resides with working class people in this country. And that's the thing they don't want you to know. Because you have the power. It's your money. I, I it's really your money. And you could throw these bums out. And that's why they put the pro wrestling to divide you in the foreground. Because they don't want to talk about the Forbes, the Bloomberg article today. They don't really want to walk through what's in these $6 trillion of spending. It's a 2,700-page bill. Has anybody explained that bill to you? Wow. Has anybody sat there and said, let me take an hour and walk you through where $1.25 trillion that you and your kids are going to pay back. Let's, let's at least have enough respect for you that we'll explain it to you. No, you will not see that anywhere because they're never going to do it. You know why? They understand an informed electorate is uh, informed consent. Right? They don't want that. They want you to be, they want you to be distracted by the bread and circuses on one level of pop entertainment, but also when you get into politics or it's cable news, it's all pro wrestling. It's not the, it's not the thing itself. If it's the thing itself, we wouldn't have these kind of issues that pop up out of nowhere. Let's go to Super Chats, and I'm going to try and find uh, – um, I'm going to try and focus on good questions for Steve so you can – you know, usually we'll just read a lot, and no disrespect to a lot of people Super Chatting. I'm going to try and go for the good questions and, and – and A couple of snarky ones are good, but that's okay. No, I just mean there's a lot where people, like, you know, have comments about ideas for the show or, okay. or cast. But I, I want to try and get to, you know, good topics that we can, you know, cool. best utilize your okay. time. We have one from Nathan O'Connell. He says, Tim, love your show. Just want to remind you, the naval ship that burnt down in San Diego was set fire by a SEAL dropout. Wow. If wow. you think America is ready for global conflict, let me just say we are repairing our carriers with Chinese stainless steel. This is a brilliant thing. A $4 billion, uh, a four billion the Bonhomme Richard, a $4 billion capital ship burned down. And we don't even know if it's that guy, but they say it's that guy. One person burned it down at a dock. And nobody's held responsible. Nobody wants to talk about it. This shows you the rot in the system. There should be admirals fired about this. We should get to the bottom of it. I still do not believe, having been a naval officer at the 32nd Street Naval Station in New York, in, in, in San Diego, that a single guy can start a fire on a ship that can burn down a $4 billion capital ship. Okay? What was it? What's the name of the ship? The Bonham Richard. That sounds like uh, the, what they do with the Reichstag. It was well, no, one it, guy uh, burned down the Reichstag is yeah, the official yeah. story, but yeah, apparently exactly. impossible to pull Exactly. That, that's a great question, though. By the way, that should be investigated, and I think there are independent people out there investigating it. All right. We have Arian Amicus says, I work for a restaurant chain in Minnesota. We are having trouble getting food and even the deliveries to the point where our orders do uh, – that to the point where when our orders do come through, half the order is missing. I don't know if, what, you know, where do you think we're headed in that regard? I think, listen, I think, I think the, the, the inflation is not transitory. I think we have big supply issues, right? I think the system's out of whack. And I think you're going to see more of this. I think you're, look, I think prices have not exploded like they're going to explode. And remember, let me say one thing about inflation. Steve Cortez said this today on the, on the, on the show. The reason I really got involved in politics, I made a film on Reagan, but hadn't made one, and that was in four, 2004, hadn't made one until the financial crisis. And I said, hey, whenever you've had a financial crisis, you always have a populist reaction to that. And this will be interesting. This is really could be the rise of populism, right? But what you've seen in the past, when, hyper, when inflation starts, and then inflation starts to get some momentum on uh, uh, homogeneous societies, homogeneous societies, right, that it's still been m- massive disruption. We are a, was it disputative society right now? We're kind of like a dumpster fire in a lot of regards at each other's throats. If you start to have inflation start to hit and then even mini hyperinflation, Katie, bar the door. 
We have no earthly idea. And this is why we're playing with fire. These people on Wall Street, these people in the government are playing with fire. And this is why you need working class people to step up and say, I'm going to run for office, throw these bums out. We can't do this because the inflation doesn't affect them. You think it affects the wealthy? It stuff's a little high, a little more. So it's eight bucks to put into their, uh, into their, uh, you know, the Land Rover SUV. It kills the working mom that's working two jobs. That takes away all the juice she's got in two paychecks when she's, when she's working 14, 15 hours a day and half a day on Saturday, okay? That it doesn't bother the wealthy, right? It doesn't bother, it doesn't bother the global corporations. The entrepreneur gets squeezed. Remember, all the stuff that comes into the, the sources like the restaurant for the little entrepreneur is all made by the big corporations. They're, they're, they're benefiting from the inflation, okay? They're benefiting from the inflation. And hey, guess what's not inflating at the same rate? Your wages. Mm-hmm. Okay? Remember, the whole game here is to keep your wages down. The misallocation to returns on capital versus labor is the central issue. Since 1972, there's been no real wage increase except for 2019 under Trump. Okay? There's been no w- wage increase for the American worker. Look at the wealth that's been created in this nation since then. Have you participated in it? Have your children participated? I don't care your race, your ethnicity, your level of education. Your religion, your gender, your sexual preference. Since 1972, really the beginning of globalization, also coming off the gold standard, but the Arab oil embargo, all that, the American worker has taken it, has been shafted, okay, has been shafted. And all the wealth that's been created in this country, all the wealth that's been created by this country in other countries, all the middle classes of other nations, I have no problem with people coming into the middle class. All the wealth has been created through the world on the back of the American worker, on the back, more importantly, of your pension fund, mm. which you got a taste of. Oh, yeah, stock market, you got a taste. You got a taste. Okay? That's the, 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 the thing that's going to define is, is how do you start to take the returns to capital and start to put it to labor? So that working class people, for your time, for your agency, for your human agency, that time in life you're here, how do you get paid more for it? And not just that, how do you able to keep more of the wealth that's created around your efforts? All right, Coldwater says, please look up what happened today at the Black Lives Matter Antifa conference in Portland. They were confronted by a woman whose husband was targeted by them. All the cameras were rolling, and it was epic. You know, recently we saw a clash with uh, right-wing groups and left-wing groups in Portland. There was a shootout. Seems to be worse than we've seen in the past, although, you know, thankfully, I don't think anybody, nobody died. We have seen people killed. I'm curious. That's pro-wrestling. That's what they want you to vertify. That's total pro-wrestling. It's not meaningful. It's a handful of people on each side. Yeah, you got bad actors on each side. You got you got some people that are there for the right reason. They have causes. It's pro wrestling. They got you down there, and you're watching that. And you're watching the videos. You're deconstructing it. All the talk radio it's the shows at night. And talk radio will be on it forever. It doesn't matter. It's pro wrestling. You know what matters? They're about to lay on six trillion dollars that they're skimming off the top. All the value. That's all like, the lobbyists. Why, why are 19 Republicans voting for this? Mm. They're supposed to be the fiscally prudent ones. Mm. Why are they voting for this? Unpaid for. You wouldn't do this for Trump. Trump had to pay for everything. The congressional budget, not War Room, not Bannon, not Tim Pool, $286 billion air pocket. New York Times, $400 billion. And I will tell you, if they had the decency to walk you through it, you would see that none of it's paid for. It's all lies, okay? Why? The lobbyists are making out. Everybody's got their hand out, and they spread it all into little districts, right? So you can get you're going to get a crumb. You're going to get a crumb, and they're keeping the vigorous. That's the system. This is not a conspiracy. That's the way the system works. 
They want you to be an idiot. They want you to focus on BLM attacking Proud Boys, a group of guys, you know, should be out drinking beer somewhere, beating up some other people, and they're beating them up, and all of a sudden we're going to spend all this time in it. That's the pro wrestling. It's in the foreground. It's to divert your attention from what the reality is. All right. Derna, 1804, says, if we spent $62 billion in Baltimore to build the city up, it would be the same result as Afghanistan. Crooked politicians would steal it and give it to their friends. It works the same everywhere. Uh, I Okay. <coughs> Point taken. But that's – hang on. But that's why you have action in Baltimore and in St. Louis and in Detroit to sit there and take action, get citizens involved. And even if they skim 20% off the top, at least it's skimmed in America, okay, and roll back into the community. You're right. But you can have better – if you had spent the $2 trillion here, and your great point, the opportunity cost, if you invested it in advanced fourth industrial manufacturing into these cities, yes, we would have a paradise. And that paradise is before us because we're still the most productive nation on earth. We're still the most wealthiest nation on earth. But we're, we're dissipating that. We're dissipating our blood and our treasure. Because remember, look at Afghanistan. At the end of the day, you are nothing but trash. You're trash that they can throw out. Okay, you can be discarded. You mean nothing to them. All you are is a thing to pay taxes, send your kids overseas, keep your mouth shut, and follow your mandates. That's what you are. They don't care about your opinion. In fact, your opinion bothers them. And what they'd rather do is have you look at the foreground of fighting each other so that they can sit there, make the deals that they skim off the top and have the greatest concentration of wealth and power in world history. Yeah, you, got, you got me worked up, Paul. Good. I don't get this worked up in the war room. I get it. I, mean, I get it here. It must be, it must be Harper's Ferry, right? I'm just it's like John, the ghost of John Brown still here. So you get me all worked up. B says, I think it's your producer. Oh, that's, that's She's fire. <laughs> all right. B says, Hartford, Connecticut public schools requiring all math teachers read and fill out an 83 page critical race praxis workbook. It says you can find the PDF at equitablemath.org. So yeah, let's uh, yeah. What do you think about what's going on with this, uh, in in the context of everything? Right, we have you mentioned Black Lives Matter, Antifa, Proud Boys fights, its attraction. What do you think about the critical race applied principles? Well, hey, listen, listen. We turned the entire public education system over for to STEM, science, technology, engineering, math. Yet uh, enough African Americans, Hispanics, just don't get into engineering schools and, and computers. And there's nobody working in Silicon Valley. That's where they got to have these H one visas. And look. I love the Chinese. My show is 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 all about the Lao Beijing and the Chinese. I love China. I'm the chairman of the of the Republican Hindu Association. I love India and the Indians. But I want these jobs for Americans. Right now, African Americans and Hispanics are plenty smart enough. What we have to do is be more rigorous in math, not less rigorous. More rigorous in math. They'll become the pro- remember in fourth industrial revolution. So much of it is going to be in software. So much is going to be in programming. You're not going to, everybody's not going to be a programmer, but the fourth industrial manufacturing revolution is going to require our basic workers to step up to higher levels, right, of knowledge. Our African American and Hispanic communities have that, but not if you dumb it down and do soft racism that this is what, this is the greatest crime going. They should participate. By the way, Silicon Valley and these jobs should be packed with African Americans and Hispanics. Mm-hmm. Not at 0.0, right? And the engineering schools should not take the foreign students. It's not that I don't love the foreign students, but I went to a land-grant university. The graduate school now, I think, is 75%. The reason is, and so here's the scam. In-state students pay in-state tuition. Foreign students pay full ride, and the government's financing. The spread is what pays for these faculties. That's the scam. Your kids, because you're in-state, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, whatever, 
whatever your ethnicity or religion is, you're paying a going rate of this. The foreign students are paying a going rate that. That arbitrage paid for by foreign governments. That's why there's so many foreign students in these engineering schools. And look, don't get me wrong. I love the foreign students, but American citizenship has to come. All the burdens on you, your kids serve in the military, you pay the taxes, your pension fund funds everything. The whole burden is on your shoulders. You got $400 in your bank account. 90% of your net worth is tied up in your home equity, right? You're two paychecks away from oblivion and you know it. You get bounced out. You're two paychecks away from having to go get welfare, right? After being here for five, six, seven, eight generations, you've got nothing to show for it. Yet all this wealth has been passed down. You've got nothing, right? They want the whole burden on you. And now they want to import the world to compete against your kids for those jobs. No. American citizenship has a premium. And let me be very simple. You get the first right to the best jobs. And you get a right to get out of a foreign country where your government's been there. And you're in some NGO and some progressive from Brown University who's working for female rights. I got no problem with that. If that's what you dedicate your life to do in Afghanistan. But you know what? When it hits the fan, you're coming out first. Okay? And now you're treated like trash. And that's the problem in this country. And when people get a belly full of it, that my citizenship not only doesn't mean anything, I get all the burdens with none of the upside. And the whole world is supported on my shoulders because it is supported on your shoulders. That's when you're going to have a revolution in this country. And that's when people are going to throw these bums out. Tim Miner says, Steve, the four that you mentioned, Trump, Pence, Cuomo, and Newsom, DeSantis and Harris replaced Pence and Cuomo. When Newsom leaves, which Dem will replace him? I, I don't know. It's, it's irrelevant. And look, Larry L is a fine guy. It's to me, it's irrelevant who replaces him. It's because you're there for six months. You got to get into. But it's very important that Newsom be resolved. And by the way, I totally disagree with Harris and with uh, and with um, and with DeSantis. I, and my point I'm making that you had four rock stars, and in this moment, they're all gone. Or four people who are at the top of the game, and they're gone in a flash. Anything can happen now. The one thing about the fourth turn that's the most important thing is go back and look at the Revolution, the Civil War, the Great Depression, World War II, and now we're in. People who are total schmendricks you never heard of before. All the big actors get washed away. All the big actors for the Civil War get washed away. And you got a railroad lawyer, Lincoln. You've got a, you've got a guy fighting the Comanches down there in, in San Antonio, Texas, Robert E. Lee. You've got, uh, you've got uh, a drunk in, 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 uh, in Grant. You've got Sherman, who they think is crazy, running a military academy in Louisiana. These are all marginal players. They're marginal. They're, they're super marginal. And they all become the major actors, just like in World War II, just in the Revolution. You're seeing it now. Nobody knows who Tim Pool is. Now you're one of the major people, and, and you've got, a, you've got a, a community, right, that you drive information to on a daily basis. This is what a fourth turning is about. You're going to see all kind of people pop up. Right? Maybe DeSantis. But you're going to see all people, the type of people pop up that you didn't think of before. They were all marginal. Donald J. Trump. He's a perfect fourth turning character. Here's yeah. a guy that's a real estate mogul, a, a reality TV star, a guy that knows brands. And all of a sudden, not only is he president, I think he's the most, one of the most significant presidents. I put him up with, with Jackson, Lincoln, Roosevelt, and, 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 uh, and, and uh, FDR and Reagan. And people say, you're crazy. No. He changed the direction of this country. Okay? That's why he's going to come back, but he's changed the direction of this country. And even if you hate the sound of his name, think of what the country was before the CCP virus hit and think of where it is today. Look at look at around the world and look at all the bad actors. She, the mm-hmm. mullahs in Iran, right? The Erdogan, uh, Putin. Look at those actors on the Eurasian landmass compared to what they're doing. They, they're licking their chops at the end of America. 
Jay Rich says, fast food restaurants are advertising up to $25 an hour in my area, Central Oregon. Inflation is hitting harder and harder. What is the end result of this? How long will it take? And what is the best way to invest a couple hundred K right now? Well, you never off, get financial for, advice. I never get financial <laughs> advice. No, what I, what I would do about financial advice, here's what I would do. I'd tell anybody. Go to these chat rooms and just hang out and listen to the apes and to the lectures they have. Learn the fundamentals and rudimentary elements of the system. Learn the system. You can't deconstruct it till you learn it. Learn about finance. Learn Even if you're not mathematically inclined or you've never invested in your life. There's information out there. And I think you see in these communities, there's a certain joy to learning. Particularly... But they go out of their way not to teach you anything about personal finance. They go out of your way not to mm-hmm. teach you anything about macro finance. You don't know how the government works. You don't know how the money's funded. You don't know any of this. They want it in like some, some sort of high priesthood so they can sit there and pontificate from Wall Street and the Wall Street Journal and the editorial pages. It's all a scam. It's all a con. It's all your money. It comes off and gets back to coming off the sweat of your brow. Okay? That's what drives the value in this country. Okay? And yes, and here's what I like about the $25 an hour. This is what, this is what I'm, I'm a restrictionist on immigration. You know why? Until we get everybody in a good job, everybody in a good job, we got enough. Okay, everybody says, oh, we got to add. You know why? Because they want to drive wages down. If it takes 25 bucks to flip a burger and a burger costs them more, hey, so be it if that cost is in the labor, right? That's why I'm a restrictionist. So, But this inflation, I think, and, and here's what's going to happen. The more money they print, the more money they print, the higher the inflation is going to go. And right now, it's out of control. Mm-hmm. In, in Washington, D.C. right now, you see, oh, they got this. She's cutting these deals. She's doing all this. They're coming back. This is going to make you a your Russian surf right now. This is going to make you an impoverished Russian surf. This is like a, a 20% increase to the monetary supply if they print $6 trillion, which would mean 20% more inflation on top of what we'd already seen. Then I would imagine another printing beyond six trillion. Like There's not a trillion. direct correlation, but directionally you're absolutely correct. That's like the way that's, we'll that's the it. way you guys start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Remember, there's there's three ways to pay for things. I just want to make sure people understand three ways to pay for things in our government. You sell the bonds to like Japanese insurance companies or the Chinese Communist Party who owns a trillion dollars and they're not doing it because they like us. They need that spread. They need that interest payment to pay for their things. Okay? Because our instruments do have returns on them, do do have yields. And the Gulf Emirates. But that you can only pay. They got an appetite. Their appetite can be sated, okay, fairly quickly. Second way is you raise taxes, or ta- you have gro- or you don't have to raise them if you have a growth curve. We're in flat growth right now, okay, flat growth. At least Trump gave you growth, right? The third way is you just print money, you just literally make it up. The government basically, <laughs> the the Treasury Department, we, the Federal Reserve buys the notes that are issued by the Treasury. Well, how can you do that? The only way you can do that is cause on your back because everybody's got to take the dollar. It's we're the prime reserve currency. The dollars drive the system. Once we become once they once that's crypto or the remember the big deal in China is this deal with Saudi Arabia and the Persians. They already got a forty year deal, uh, a twenty five year deal with Iran. They're trying to cut a long term deal with the, the the Arab with Saudi Arabia's publicly traded company, which is upside down and a disaster to do a long term output deal, but take it in R and B. Taking to break the, Putin and these guys are thinking nonstop. How do we get off the dollar? Because this is the way the Americans can still control us. Once that happens, ladies and gentlemen, we're we're Argentina. What do I mean by that? Argentina a hundred years ago was one of the wealthiest nations on earth. It was a paradise. Mm-hmm. It's been a disaster for a hundred years, and you had Peron and fascists and everything. It's been a disaster. Why? Because 
They printed too much money. They they got they got debt out of control, and that's where we're heading. And by the way, look at Afghanistan and look at it. Watch it every night, because the financial debacle. All your betters, all the geniuses, told you for twenty years and two trillion dollars and six thousand dead and twenty five thousand wounded and people with PTSD. They all told you it's fine. We're building a democracy and they're voting. It's all great. Right? And the Taliban's gone. All of it. It was all lies. When the financial firestorm comes, it's going to be 10x what Afghanistan is in your personal life, and they're going to tell you the same crap, sure. right? You're betters. You're betters. You're betters. If they're so smart, why are we in this mess? This one's interesting. Mr. M says, Tim, I have a friend that works in shipping cargo containers. In 2019, he said a container would cost $2,000 to ship. This year, it's $21,000. Hello. That's going to hit all of the goods. you got to get imported. Wow. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Supply chain true. cost. Yep. Hello. Yeah, we, we, we looked at a lot uh, over at TimCast.com. We deep dive into the food supply stuff. It's scary stuff. By the way, this is the best thing about shows like this. The crowdsourcing and knowledge like, knowledge like that, putting it up. This is from your own personal life, your own right. personal. You don't need the big textbooks at Harvard and all these professors. Just look around you in your own personal life. You're seeing it today in every aspect of your professional and personal life. All right. Nicholas. Karakapa says, question for Steve, is it possible to establish a microchip manufacturing base here in the U.S.? Is this a project Steve can start? This would bring high-tech manufacturing jobs to the U.S., reduce the fallout if China takes Taiwan, and potentially avoid a conflict with China. That's a brilliant question. By the way, so in the infrastructure bill, there is $20 billion we're trying to do it. Navarre and I fought for this in the summer of 17. We were actually thwarted around President Trump by the free market guys. Remember, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a free market guy because there are no free markets. It's all mercantilism, Right. We need to bring, and I think in conjunction with the Taiwanese, look, have we run out of time? Maybe. But yes, you're absolutely correct. We've got to bring back advanced chip design and advanced chip design manufacturing to the United States. i got a perfect example. Arizona, Navajo Nation, right, up at Tuba City. Let's make it the microchip capital of the world. That's a brilliant. This is why I believe in economic nationalism. This is what we have to start thinking of. This is what we have to start focusing on. These type of things. And, and you would be surprised. That brilliant observation, and it's brilliant, is thwarted by so many people. Oh, we can't do that. Free markets. You don't want to, you don't want to enter into free markets. Well, no, it's not a free market. And right now we're exposed strategically, strategically in the most vulnerable thing we can, advanced chip design, because that gentleman's observations have not been, have not been put into effect for 20 years. We might be able to build uh, software and technology that lets you print your uh, chips in your house so everyone has access to the information and can print whatever chips they need on on demand. It wouldn't be as much of a profit thing for the country, but it would probably be better for humanity to decentralize the information. If, if you can invent a printer that can do all of that in one go, mm -hmm. you know, like a print paper with graph. I mean, just talk about graphene. Let's go. Well, Dude, you come, you come, I knew he was going to get in. I knew he was going to get in there somewhere. I knew he was going to get in there somewhere. Are you, are you like, are they a sponsor of yours? Yeah. Graphene? Yeah, graphene. graphene. Man, yeah. Is he I'm a lobby? You're a lobbyist for graphene. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm starting the lobby today. I'm so, no, I'm serious. We, there's I, something, there's something hinky here. There's a lot of money, yeah. Steve. We got a, uh, Summer uh, Arbogast says, what does a social score look like? How do you think a social credit score would, uh, would manifest? Well, I think, I think a social credit score right now in, in China, you actually have it, right? Where you can't get on a plane, you can't do things, your kids can't go to school. So they keep a score. Under you, are you asking questions? Do your neighbors think you're too nosy into, into parties' affairs? Here, social credit score, let's start off with it. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be the vaccine passport. That's going to score. Are you vaccinated or not? Boom. That's, that's going to be apartheid. You're going to be othered. You're going to be in the leper colony. 
right immediately. So social credit score is going to look at right there. I don't know what the ratings are going to be, but you're already seeing lines of demarcation. Remember, look at how many people are associated with President Trump that have been deplatformed on social media, have been debanked, right, have been across the board. You know this. If you start going out there and start being a fire breather, they're going to make it tougher and PayPal and these other situations yep. to actually run your business. That's all social credit score. Right. Okay. So hey, it's not coming to the United States. It's here. Yep. We have social credit store here in the United States of America right now. And there's no court you can go back and argue about it. It just is. Look at Dave Rubin. On Twitter, you're just, all of a sudden you're banned. You're gone. You don't know for a way. He was you're just in jail. temporarily suspended. Just temporarily, right. but you don't know the ground rules. You get back up in a yep. couple of weeks, but you can be banned. Per- Look, we, I was banned permanently on the war room. I've never had a Twitter account. There's a hundred fake ones out there, but on, on ones we had the war room, they said, oh, cause you said things about Fauci and, and Chris Ray, metaphorical things. I was talking about Thomas Moore a, a couple of days before, but the real reason we were banned is we were putting out the hard drive from hell. Every day we would put out both the porn and the, and the, and the, and the, and the, and the compromise by the Chinese Communist Party, what they were paid. They wanted that out and they took the whole thing down permanently, permanently oh. banned. All right. And we'll get into a lot of that stuff, obviously, at TimCast.com in the member segment, which I'm excited for. But uh, we, did, we still have some really good questions. I think I'm going to pay for that tonight. Yeah. Great, I want yeah. to see that. good investment. <laughs> All right. Because no, I want to know the graph. I want to the punchline of graphene. We're going to get to it. We're going to do it. This is a good one, though. Freeze yeah. Falcon says, Mr. Bannon, what is your opinion on Mr. Kushner's peace deals in the Middle East? Do you hear from Kushner at all? Rumor has it he wants back in. Well... What Listen, do you think about the peace deals? Here's what I th- look, the Abraham Accords, which came up in the last thing, were they perfect? No. But man, directionally, were they fantastic? Would you rather have that and have countries talking to Israel, have countries having flights, trying to work together in the region, not at each other's throats? Or what's happening in the, <laughs> what we're leaving behind in Afghanistan is a terrorist super state. The Haqqani network's there. ISIS is there, Al-Qaeda's there, the Taliban is there. Yes, I would rather have what President Trump... Listen, let's be blunt. If that was Obama, they would give him another Nobel Prize, okay? These guys hammered, and Jared hammered, and the team that worked on it, Avi and these guys hammered it out, and as imperfect as it is, it's a fantastic start, and I think the first time in the history of the region, people actually tried... These are not all great actors. Actually started to work together. Would people rather have the Middle East... Like it was back in the fall of 2019 when they're getting ready to announce the Abraham Accords and working on it? Or would you rather have it today when you're going to start to see uh, American citizens hunted down by the Taliban and our allies there? And who knows what happens to the women, to the children, all that. Tell me which one you'd rather have. I'll pick the Abraham Accords. All right. Christopher Coulter says, Steve comments remind me of three great books. Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. The Wisdom of Crowds by James... Sir, uh, how do you pronounce it? Surawechi? 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 And Future Babble by Dan Gardner. They all explain the limits of expertism and why so-called experts should always be questioned. Read them all. Yes. Interesting. Also, I think his layman had a book back in the 90s, really questioned, started questioning the, uh, the, the experts. Forget the name of Chris, or Christopher Lash, who died. Christopher Lash, a brilliant guy. Christopher Lash wrote the first book that really kicked it off about getting to a managerial economy where the experts told you what to do. So those those three right there are fantastic. All right. Rainer Chen says, while America is struggling to get its citizens out of Afghanistan, China just took control of multiple iron mines in Africa and Peru. Neither interventionism nor isolationism can save America. Learn Mandarin, guys. You going to learn Mandarin? 
No, I'm not going to learn Mandarin. <laughs> by, by the way, because because the that Lao Beijing no Mandarin. Remember, it's their freedom that we're fighting for. This transnational criminal organization, the Chinese people, Lao Beijing, throughout their history, they don't want to be in Africa. They don't want to be t- doing this. They don't want to be spending trillions of dollars, which they're getting ripped off too. They, they, they live like slaves. The suicide rates in these factories are out of control. The social conditions, the environment, it's awful. Remember, they've killed, the Chinese Communist Party's killed 90 million people. We know this. They've killed, they've murdered 90 million since 1949. Mm-hmm. They're an illegitimate government because they lied about everything. No land reform, nothing. <laughs> but more importantly, they've butchered, murdered 400 million forced abortions. Okay? The hungry ghost of the, of the, of the babies of China, right? is what haunts this regime, okay? They're a murderous dictatorship. The biggest victims are the Chinese people. So no, intervention doesn't work, but we shouldn't be intervening. However, we have to confront this criminal organization that's out to control the world. They are. They're out to control the world. And by the way, you see their gangsterism spreading. You see it in Pakistan. You see it now in Afghanistan with the Taliban and the other terrorists. You're going to see it in India. You're going to see it in uh, Turkey. You already see it in the mullahs, what they're trying to do in the, in the Persian Gulf and maybe some of the less democratic regimes there, right? You're seeing it in a partnership with Russia. They're trying to control the Eurasian landmass. And by the way, go back to the guns of August. Since 1914, the basic foreign policy of the United States, regardless of Republican or Democrat, we will never allow one power or a, a combination of powers to control the Eurasian landmass. That's essentially the world island. If you really look at the planet as it is, the Western Hemisphere is a small island off of this massive landmass that's the Eurasian landmass. Mackinder kind of 101, who controls, who controls the Eurasian landmass, can control the world. The Chinese Communist Party is set to do it. And that's why, with us on the run in Afghanistan, and I, I, the biggest believer in we had to end that war and get out, but you got to do it in a certain way. They're looking right now to drive us out of the Pacific, and to basically destroy our economy by an attack on Taiwan. I'm going to do one more, and it's a really important one. Chip Bradley says, Tim, I ran and won a seat on my city council in large part because of you and your crew. Thank you for the encouragement. Amen. Yes. That's the most important. By the way, that's the way we're going to turn this around. If I go to your go to your committee meetings, whether if you're a Republican, take over the RNC. If you're a Democrat, go take over the Democratic Party, okay, with populism. Go to city council. Go to your school board. Action, action, action. All politics is local. The whole apparatus depends on, on these localities. That's where you can get real power. So right there, that is, that is the coolest thing I've heard. Absolutely. It's, it's that, that is what's going to lead us to the sunlit uplands. And we can get there, but it's going to be – we're going to have to chop a lot of wood to get there. My friends, there is a lot that we need to talk about, some inside jokes as well as some very serious topics that are no-no topics on YouTube, which means go to TimCast.com, become a member. Usually we upload around 11 p.m., but we might end up running longer. We'll see. We'll see how things play out. But if you go to TimCast.com, we'll have that member segment uh, up for you where we talk about a lot of these very serious issues. You can also follow the show at TimCastIRL on basically every platform. You can follow me at TimCast uh, if you want to follow me personally. And, uh, oh yeah, like, like the video, share it, subscribe and everything. Do you want to shout out anything? Uh, we're on Getter. The war room's on Getter. I'm on Getter, but I don't know my Getter handle. I think it's at Steve Bannon and Getter. I'm not, really social, I'm not really a social media, but Getter's fantastic. Go to war room. Also go to warroom.org. You can see us all the time and love being on the show. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, right on. First hour flew by, man. That was really, really good info. Always good to see you, Stephen. Uh, good to see hey, you. Hey, thanks for coming. Ian Crossland, <laughs> follow me on the internet at Ian Crossland, iancrossland.net. Catch you later.
the first hour flew by. I thought both hours flew by. That was a very revolutionary conversation with Mr. Bannon, I have to say. You guys are more than welcome to follow me on Twitter, not Getter yet, at Sarah Patch Lids, as I attempt to gain more followers than Sarah Patch Kids. Y- you may be the best producer in the business. I'm, well, I'm, I'm serious. She's smooth. She, she's smooth. She's I'm, good. I'm Everything's hard. organized. When you come here with Tim, everything's organized. It's all set. There's no, we say every day at the War Room, War Room Without Tears, I kind of get a little antsy there. Our team's great. But I have a tendency to get a little antsy. They're listening downstairs. Yeah, they're they're I get a little. They're laughing. <laughs> you're, you're, the, you're the calming presence. I gotta say, uh, time flies, but I'm really excited for this next conversation oh, on TimCast.com. So check it out. Thanks for hanging out again. Go to TimCast.com. Be a member. This one's gonna be fun, and we'll see you all there. Bye guys. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus